This final proper episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by everyone who listened to us. Uh, there are people who listen to every episode of this show up to this episode. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, so thank you very much, those who listened, those who rated, reviewed us, those who joined us on Facebook, um, those who talked to us on Twitter, um, those people who patronized us at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, all of you guys, thank you guys very much. Um, and I'm doing this announcement now. There is another episode after this that is, I think, critical uh, as kind of a coda to the series. Um, I hope you listen to that as well. But uh, And there's no... No ad, there's no ad at the beginning of that. I didn't, there's no thanks because I wanted to leave it kind of pure. So I put one here. Um, I wanted to make sure you guys joined me for that, but I also didn't want the opportunity to, to pass me by, uh, not to, to thank all those people who supported us along the way. So, uh, thank you guys very much. times that cry men's souls. Tom Paine wrote those words on a drumhead by the light of a campfire. to ask something of you. You and I were both undead. Hear me out, will you? My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And my name is John Hurst. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is the original favorite. Yeah. It's a classic favorite. (laughs) And this week, uh, this is the final main episode of the show. We are talking about Dark Souls, uh, the game that was so good that we had to start a podcast about it. So good that we couldn't stop talking about it. And we're so happy, uh, John, to have you on as our, uh, as our, as our final guest for the show. Welcome. Well, thank, well, thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Thanks guys. Yeah. You're one of our, yeah. um, executive producers. Yes. Yeah, on my resume. I'm just kidding. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're moving on to make Pacific Rim three. <laughs> Get yucky with it. The, um, yeah, thank uh, thank you, John, for for your support and also for being here uh, with us. And so, just a little a little behind the scenes, like we, the people who uh, achieve that tier um, on our Patreon, we reach out and we ask them which game they wanted to talk about. Um, and you uh, you chose this one. Why uh, why why Dark Souls? Why Dark Souls one? Um, interesting. I really like a lot of games in the series. I like them all to some extent. Um, but I really liked Dark Souls one, the original. It's not the original in the series, but I I feel like it's a little bit um. Demon Souls is the the godfather of the series, and Dark Souls is the father, and so I, it's just sort of quint, quintessential. It's the one that I probably most think of when I think about the series, and sort of the one in which I think everything else is, in some ways, judged in the series. And so I thought it would be a lot of fun to talk about it. Yeah, now, can you um, can you talk a little bit about kind of your history with the series, how you got into the the Soulsborne games? Yeah, I actually remember years and years ago reading a review for Demon Souls, and the review went through details about how. Uh, painfully punishing it was and i was like well that's not my kind of game <laughs> and i ended up picking it up and um and really liking it i 
I have this, this you guys always talk about the fact that uh, you know going hollow is when you stop playing the game. I've almost gone whole, hollow about six times with the series. I got caught on one one the first time I played Demon Souls. Mm. Uh, eventually came back, played uh, you know got through all the ones you know one one two one, and I was like, with as hard as that is, I'll never get through this. Um, Dark Souls came out, of course. I went got it and started playing. Really liked it. I heard about you guys on an ad for I think my brother, my brother and me. If you could, if you guys remember that, yeah, and oh, started hey. listening. To it. Yeah, and I really jumped into it and um, never looked back. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my introduction. I liked the band Demon Souls before it was cool, <laughs> but um, <laughs> which is my uh, shallow brag. But no, I I you know really like the series and I'm really excited to talk about this one specifically. Yeah, this is this is is my favorite too. Yeah. So the, out yeah. of these episodes we've done, like they've all been fun to do, but this is the one I'm, I'm most looking forward to because I this is the game I think that gets the most things perfect. Like mm-hmm. there are the fewest number of asterisks next to it for me. Yeah. Um, that are like, oh, I like it, but there's this one thing I really wish was improved. Like, no, you know. And who knows how much of that is? I, you know, just upfront putting a disclaimer. Like, the first one I played. Uh, people, you know, it is possible that some of the things I, I think or some of the feelings I have are because of that. Um, I don't have a magic device that allows me to like sort that out objectively. You know, I don't, I don't think that's, that's really a thing. So, uh, as best as I can tell, as objective as I can be, I think this is the strongest game in the series. Yeah. Um, for reasons. It's not, it's not arbitrary. It's not just like, man, can't forget. Like, we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And, uh, it's, it does a lot of things the best, like sets the high, high mark. Yeah. And this isn't rose colored glasses. For a while, it was. You know, I didn't touch Dark Souls really at all, aside from capturing footage for our live show we did in Columbus at the game developers convention there. Um, I never really touched Dark Souls since we stopped covering it for the show. So this is a revisit and a reconnection that's about, mm, let's say, three years in, 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 in progress and coming. And so mm-hmm. going back to it and touching it and finding out that it still is, you know, all those things you said, Gary, um, was a huge relief. You know, eventually it just became something I was saving for myself and I was happy that it didn't go rotten, uh, in the, uh, in, the, in the intervening time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, and I, I had, you know, played, played a lot of it. Uh, you know, in the intervening time, like I played a lot when we did the, the show and kept playing it until, um, you know, we covered Demon Souls and I was able to do that and, and revisited it, um, once or twice since then. So it's always been kind of fresh in my memory. And like one of the things that kept happening for me, and I don't know how universal this experience is, when I get done with another entry in the series, no matter how much I love them, uh, I kept, there are things that this game did that the other ones didn't that I still wanted. Mm-hmm. So I would come back to them kind of in comparison, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, oh, like, you know, I mean, I just, I just miss that, that world design, you yeah. know, where can I go experience that? And like, there's one place, you know, full stop. Like there's, there's just, there's one, one entry in the series that does that as well. You yeah. know, so if you want that, and that's one of the most important things about this game to me, you have one place to get it. Yeah. It's like a, you, know? you were doing like a shuttle run almost. Yeah. 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 John, have you, I mean, I, I assume you, t- you did a little bit of kind of memory refreshing on your way to this. Like, have you stayed in touch with Dark Souls on the way up to this? I have not, but I, until recently, I, um, I hadn't played it probably in three years. I actually went back and looked at some achievements to try and remember. Um, and I hadn't played it in a while, had fond memories, obviously, but 
I, in the last two weeks or so, I was like, well, I've got to, got to start getting ready for this. <laughs> and so I did a run. And what was interesting was I did a build that was a build I've never done before. I did a strength weapon build. I've always been the pyromancy dexterity guy when that was the option, sometimes some sorcery stuff or hex in two. But, um, I did a strength build and it just reinforced my love of the game completely. <laughs> it was a whole great way to play. And I, everything I remembered loving about it, I, I loved again. So totally agree. I thought everything. It just holds up so nicely. I mean, there's some graphical things. There's some little things you'll notice, but it took after about a minute. I forgot about all that, and it was just this is Dark Souls, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the replay. Yeah, and I, I was shocked by how quickly it comes. You know, how, <laughs> how quickly it kind of like comes comes back to me. It's like oh, like this is this is what that is. It's so weird. I had to kind of remind myself, like pinch myself every once in a while, to stop looking at the game as a wireframe. Right. Mm. To stop thinking about it in terms of just the blocks and the space that I need that, that I need to move around to actually look up a little bit. Just because mm. even all this time out, um, it is, you know, still internalized so so extremely for me, you know. Oh yeah. Like out out of all of that, like I can draw a map of this entire world. <laughs> um, you know, maybe maybe not the the soupy part of Light Town, like not the 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 specific walkways right, right. Uh, on back yeah. uh, front black town. But other than that, I could draw a map of like <laughs> any of these areas and, and like, it'd probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it just, it is, uh, and it rewards and, and all of it, like that's all just a function of that world design we should talk about, which it rewards that, uh, internalization, which we're, we'll talk about. I don't want to get too far into it just yet, right. but we will, we will talk about that as, as kind of a strength. Um, just kind of basic demographics for people who are somehow starting with the last episode of Bonfireside Chat and working their way backwards. The Benjamin Buttons out there, those BBs um, who, who are doing it, the podcast Benjamin Buttons. Um, Dark Souls is developed by From, uh, of course, published by Namco. Uh, and this came out on the Xbox 360 and PS3 in 2011 and then came along to the PC uh, in 2012 with the DLC, with this expansion pack. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, that's how that's how I played it. Yeah, I forgot that um, there was a like the course of about like four months, maybe that's extreme, like three months that the PC players had access to Artorias of the Abyss, while the console players didn't. The... Yeah, I had I'd never played Artorias until last week. Okay. Oh it wow. Was ama- but yeah, but it was it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I actually did three things I'd never done before. Um, <laughs> In the in the series, I'd never been to Ash Lake. I'd never played Artorias of the Abyss, and I had never fought um, Dark Sun Gwendolyn until oh I'd yeah the last two weeks. So nice. yeah, very it was very good, very good. Yeah, it's cool that you can go back and find those like hidden things. You know, like you can play through, and there are a lot of like when I play through this, there are things where it's like, oh, I, I'm going to do this this playthrough, or oh no, I'm not going to do this. You know, this playthrough, even down to little things. So like. Uh, on subsequent playthroughs, I've used like a speed running trick to skip past a lot of Anna Orlando, the inside of it. Um, just oh. because for a little while I tried to speed run it. Um, and then deciding consciously not to do that or deciding not to take the master key, uh, yeah. is another thing you can do to kind of like the rewards replay in a really strong way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That not taking the master key changes the geography of the game so much. And so many of my mm-hmm. playthroughs have not relied on it, but just kind of taken it for granted that it would be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in this game, you play as the chosen undead who is tasked with reversing the undead curse of hollowing by venturing from the asylum where you where you are being kept into the kingdom of Lordran, the fallen kingdom of Lordran, in order to ring two bells and eventually uh, relight the first flame. 
dot, 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 question mark. It's up to you. Yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> it's got it's got a very similar uh, ending to Demon Souls, but with a different lead up to it that recontextualizes it. Yes. Um, with a lot more kind of detail. Uh, they're like, this is obviously a sequel or, you know, a, a spiritual successor, but like really just kind of a sequel to Demon <laughs> Souls. You know, it plays very similarly. Um, and there's a lot, just a lot more in it. Um, something we talked about in the Demon Souls episode, um, that's a big difference is that there's just a lot more text in Dark Souls. Uh, and, and I mean that in both senses, like, a, you know, there's a little writing in, in terms of item descriptions and, uh, kind of cutscenes. And then there's just more, uh, things to kind of pick up on. There's more dialogue. There is more uh, environmental storytelling. There is more uh, kind of connection based uh, kind of like things you can put together to get the plot. Yeah. Oh. It's um so much denser, you know, whereas Demon Souls um, is a lot of, let's say, white matter, uh, you know, moving you from place to place, you know, the way that it's designed, you know, being these kind of shuttle runs almost not to the Dark Souls 2 level, but, um, you know, both those games share a similar structure. Um, this is a lot of gray matter. This is a lot of just kind of individual things like places of note, not just uh, roads that pass by places of note. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, let's get into it. Let's start talking about things that are special um, about this game. Um, do you, do you guys want to start with that world design? Um, because I feel like a lot of things that are great about this follow from that. Yeah, I, I have no problem starting with it because that is really, I think, the thing that is most notable about this game. You know, it's a masterwork. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But yeah. yeah, you know, to the point where we have just kind of taken it for granted. Again, there's a lot of a lot of things about this game that can be taken for granted now that it exists. Um, the way this game fits together is still a revelation, you know, uh, six years on. Yeah. And, and I can, every once in a while, I'll be playing another video game and get just a tiny little bit of feeling from it, but just a bit, <laughs> you know, not like things will touch on this. And that even happens in some things and later in the series, right? Like Bloodborne kind of touches on it mm -hmm. a little bit, yeah, uh, but not to the same degree. Right. And this, um, the, like the, the, their antecedents to this as well, like this world structure was, alluded to or done in a limited format, you know, even earlier in Brom's games, you know, Kingsfield four had a little bit of this shortcut doubling back, back and forth. Um, Miyazaki was very inspired by eco in general. Like that's the game that made him want to develop games. Uh, mm -hmm. You can see a little bit of that here. This is that perfected. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is much better than eco's version. Oh, of I mean, yeah. For, for, yeah, like, for, for sure. Like just, I mean, like, like order it's, it's cool that it inspired it and eco deserves a lot of credit. Um, I don't play eco for that though. Right. Like, I don't think that Eco does that well enough to where it, like, grabs you and just, like, grabs you by the throat and just is like, you know, we're fucking doing this. Yeah. I, Bam, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Like, that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. That's, I mean, that's, that's the origins of it, you know, but that's, that's a seed, not the, not the tree. Mm -hmm. Um, not, no, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, because the, I, and the way that they do this is through this, like, sense of verticality. Like, all these areas are kind of built on top of one another in this, uh, kind of upward spiral. So you, you can look at like cutaways of, of this. There's a really famous illustration, um, of the, this world that was my Judson backdrop. Judson Town for illustration? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. the, the yeah. solace. It's on my wall. Like, it's right behind yeah. me right now. Yeah. Looking at it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that really goes, that's a big marker for how, how this pulls this off. 
you know, because things can be kind of close in space in one dimension uh, and far enough to still be distinct, but close enough to connect in these surprising ways. Yeah, that's right. Because you can you can make a map interesting on a basically a flat map that's more vertical, but you're not going to be surprised if you have a basic sense of direction. You'll, your mind will start to tell you, OK, I'm about to get here. But when when the surprises are vertical up and down, your mind isn't capable of of kind of looking at it in that 3D sense until you can have that genuine moment of surprise when you go, oh, I was right here. (laughs) This was where I was at the whole time. And it's more organic than, you know, the Skyrim solution to caves where, you know, there's a secret exit at the end of every, you know, cave. Yeah, just Um, loops loops right back, which is still better than the alternative. Yeah. But it's not as impressive. And yeah, it's not as impressive as the design or or as believable is not the right word, but (laughs) not, not as something that just, like I said, seems organic and could exist in some universe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, the the way that they manage line of sight and make you, you know, have these sudden realizations or epiphanies about where exactly you are, dumping you unexpectedly back into the familiar when you have spent so much time, just so much time, if you're me, being anxious about being so far afield. You know, like this entire yeah. game, you know, for, for, the, <laughs> for the majority of like, let's say the first two thirds is this one long expedition deeper and deeper into danger. You know, sometimes literally the fact that this is arranged vertically, I, you know, going back to this is so important because, you know, it's it implies a hierarchy to each of these areas. It tells you about the people who lived here and the people who built these individual places, like where they fit into the world much more than just, oh, this is north of such and south of such. There is literal like, OK, now we see where the shit goes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Here's where the who has to there. live there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who has to live like right outside the sewer? Like lower, lower undead bird doesn't smell good, right? You know, it doesn't like, and it's 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 filthy, and that there's like a higher crime rate, uh, which is a weird thing to think of. It's not like Sim Lordran, yeah. Um, which please makes Sim Lordran, but the uh, it's uh, it's just it's interesting that they do that, and the something that the game, uh, the whole series does really really well is this sense of going home. Right. And we talked about this a lot in the Dark Souls 2 episode. I think Dark Souls 1 does this the best in terms of tying that feeling to kind of a gameplay uh, thing. So it's like you are surprised by going home. You don't choose to go home. Um, It is an unexpected relief Mm -hmm. to get there. And it's a relief in all senses. It's a relief of uh, it being the familiar uh, to you. It's a relief because that is literally a checkpoint. Um, So you are, you know, you have to do less backtracking. It's where your merchants gather. Um, it is, it's kind of a relief in all ways. Yeah. And it's just the fact that it just happens on accident. And, you know, <laughs> you, there are probably people who are, who are not frustrated, but like, so yes, we're primarily talking about the parish to the fire link, right? right? <laughs> that's not, that's not all of it, but that's, no, that's the no. biggest thing. But I think it's really hard to overstate how important that moment and is mm-hmm. like, it's the kind of thing that like people talk about all the time and is universally loved and is also exactly as good as, as it said. It's like the reverse Elvis. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. Elvis is kind of overrated. He's still like Elvis is good. Like that's, you know, Elvis is good. Uh, not for me, but it's like technically good, but it's still also kind of overrated. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they built an amusement park to him and people faint and like that on a toilet. And brother's name was Garen, things like that. The- <laughs> no, keep going. I want to, I want to, I want to get the bottom of your Elvis well. You know a lot about Elvis for a guy who hates Elvis. I think that those are the only things I know about Elvis. Um, that he had to sing Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog to a Dog, which makes that song very cute. <laughs> and really literal. Like, 
<laughs> I think that's like a way funnier way to. It makes me want to make a band that only does stuff like that. <laughs> like you ain't nothing but a night cat, and then just you're just singing to a cat. Like it's there's yeah. just the guileless literalism. <laughs> Uh, uh, baby, you, you know. can drive my car to a baby. Yeah, 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 baby, you can drive my car. Cuts to, uh, you know, a baby uh, seat in the in the driver, in the driver <laughs> driver side, like just. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll pick up where you left off. Um, yes, we you know like that th- that is the most glaring example that one major notable shortcut that structure is repeated most often um, within a single area. Right. You yeah. know, like the, the shortcut will take you back to a place where it's more convenient to get to a place where you used to be. For me, you know, looking back to my first experience playing this game, I struggled in in, in the uh, Undead Burg and Undead Parish, you know, spending 12, 16 hours getting further and further afield. Had a little bit of this feeling when you kick the um, the ladder beneath the red dragon. Yeah, the Drake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and get back to that first one, that really useful, that really useful shortcut that also has a shortcut down to the lower Berg, uh, later on. Um, you know, you get a little bit of that, but like, it can't be stated that like making this mad run beyond the Baldur's Knights just to see a little bit, seeing the Tower Knight, uh, over there to the right and then seeing, all right, well, there's an elevator, Hail Mary Pass, bring, here's the Fire Lake yeah. music. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't have to yeah. do any of that ever again. I'm back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah that that is just you know again just really really mind-blowing yeah um in a a real serious real way and the fact that it does repeat it on a smaller scale like i'm glad you mentioned that below the fire drake uh shortcut as well um taking havel's tower down to the hydra Mm -hmm. area in the forest taking that forest up to the back of the parish (laughs) um you know it repeats that trick over and over it's such a good trick that has to be so hard to do or else why the fuck aren't people doing it and why the fuck aren't from doing it yeah like it's it's if i can pick like the two things that are missing from later games that like drive me nuts is that and the estes system both of Mm -hmm. which i think are so elegant and perfect that it's so weird to get it right early and then just throw it out you know Mm -hmm. um i just i I want it back and it just said you know you can't you can't have it back like dark soul is always gonna be there for me i can always grab it i can replay have a little bit of that feeling but like that's what I, you know, what I'm seeking when I play these other games and it just doesn't happen, you know, like not to, and, and other souls likes don't try to do it. You know, you look at something like Lords of the Fallen or Neo, like they don't even try to do it. Yeah. You know, there's just no attempt. The the, clo- um, the closest that we got was, um, salt. So like salt does it a little bit, but there's no reason to backtrack in salt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hollow Knight does it better. Yep. Uh, and then, but hollow Knight, you know, has its own attendant issues. Hollow Knight does it fairly well. Yeah. Like you can break open a thing and go back to an old area. You know, it doesn't have the attendant things next to it that, that elevate that, but it does it okay. Like mm-hmm. it tries. Yeah. You know, um, but whoever wasn't on the team, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, uh, thing in Souls fandom to ascribe everything in Dark Souls to Miyazaki. And like we've talked about that mm-hmm. being folly a lot. Um, the fact that he worked on every game and no one, this never happened again. Yeah. Makes yeah. me think that there's somebody on the team who had this revelation. Um, you know, mm. it couldn't just be like Miyazaki digging Ico because he, he stopped digging Ico. Like, you know, th- this <laughs> went away with other games he worked on. So like somebody is responsible for this or some combination of people yeah. that didn't happen again. I feel like the, the, the other one. And, you know, I think this, this is probably a little bit closer to the money. Um, look at the two years between demons and dark, um, and look at the, um, the one year between all of them after. 
Yeah, yeah. It, like, I guess Dark Souls Two. Dark Souls Two had a little bit, but like the you know, it's it's probably telling that you know if if Miyazaki is the one of the one of the you know bearers of this particular flame, him spending most of the Dark Souls Two dev cycle working on Bloodborne and how that is probably the closest they ever get again. Um, it's not. It's something. close, but it's not that close. Yeah, like it's, like we. I just replayed it, and it doesn't doesn't really approach yeah. us. Closer, I guess. It's all yeah. it's all in relative terms. You yeah. Know, it's about the attempt or it's about, you know, the degree. Yeah. I mean, I guess, again, they, you know, they kind of attempt it, but I just feel like, you know, because there's the section, you know, the point you're trying to bring up is that they had less time. There's also they had more money and resources as well, though. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it kind of balances out. It feels like it has to be more than just, you know, it can't just be his presence mm-hmm. based on what came out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but very, very cool. And one of it's the number one thing that like, I feel like people who like video games in general, who haven't played Dark Souls, like we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about the combat, the rhythms of combat, that kind of like tough, but fair, uh, nature that this kind of, uh, helped codify for us, you know, who me and Cole, at least who played Dark Souls first, um, how important that was early on. But this is the thing that feels noteworthy in a grand sense, uh, in terms of video game history to me. Yeah. Like, this is just like. Wow, this is the example of doing this, you know. Uh, yeah, and it still it still gets me. It's still very very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John, do you have any? Uh, and I don't want to snake from any of your souls stories if this, um, you know, rubs up against that. Do you have any particular moments about this world stacking or this world coiling that stick out for you? Just as like, hey, this is this is emblematic of this thing we're praising. It it never gets better than. Undead Parish, Undead Bird, but it really does affect other parts of the game. When you start going down, I mean, there's, and talk about the master key and all the connections that you have there. Um, it really affects a lot of ways and a lot of different ways that you can approach uh, different parts of the game. Uh, it ties in a little bit with one of my souls gories, so I'm going to hold off a little bit more on that. <laughs> okay. It even does it in the DLC, uh, with the stuff you know, oh, yeah. going from the Royal Wood down to the, the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And they never did it. They never did it remotely. As good again. I mean, they had a lot of the same ideas, but um, Yarnum kind of had some of that. But mm-hmm. it, I never remember having a moment in, in Yarnum where I said, "Oh, this this is going to make the game more fun and more interesting." It <laughs> never really. It never. Yeah. It was never as consequential as the major elevators, the major yeah. staircases. I mean, yeah. it just it really made a difference. It wasn't lousy. I mean, it wasn't lousy yeah. with them. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not lousy with them. And then the biggest other difference is you can teleport everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's I'm what sure. I was going to say. The one yeah. I'm sure what really came down to was <laughs> the design decision of someone saying, "People love warping. Why are we making them run everywhere? It limits how far we can make the game go, how broad we can go." And yeah, once you have warping, it it kind of it affects the whole way you approach it. So, I mean, if you think about it, even the warping in this game, they limited it. Uh, mm-hmm. Even when you get the the lore vessel, you you still have a lot of limitations that still force you to use a lot of those shortcuts to get places. Yeah. Um, so even then, they were pretty limited, and you know they wanted you to have that experience. Yeah, you're warping from like minor hub to minor hub. There's a there's a real like last mile problem that you have. Yeah, and 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 you earn it. Uh huh. You know, you 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 earn the Lord Russell. It reminds me of, uh, and this is a weird kind of stretch, but it reminds me of the difference between something like um, Morrowind and Oblivion, yeah. right? Like Morrowind is another game that uh, intentionally makes you learn a space by having to uh, traverse it, you know, and then plays with that. So like the beginning of the game, when you're taking the bus, 
Um, you have to, you know, you, you have to like learn that space. Right. Uh, and then as you get later in the game, it's like, oh, I can fly everywhere at supersonic speed. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then you have that sense of mastery. That's the same thing that the Lord Vessel does for here. Like, you know, the space, you appreciate the ability to teleport. You, uh, you've like earned it. You know, it becomes a thing that kind of recontextualizes your relationship with the world. It doesn't, um, you know, it's not a side piece. It's intentional. Yeah. 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 And, and also like, it's, you know, it's not arbitrary because they are giving you the ability to hop around and like sample at or try some of these nominally tougher, but definitely more specialized areas, you know, areas yes. that you may need to solve a problem in order to navigate them sensically. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you, Tomb of Giants. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. that goes into a, another thing I want to bring up if, if we're okay moving on. Oh yeah. Uh, as do people feel good about that? Um, and another thing that I think this game does better than anywhere else in the series is that the areas have very strong theses to them. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, you know, a lot of shit gets talked about the back half of Dark Souls 1. Um, every one of these areas has a very strong idea behind it. Yeah. I can tell you what these areas are about. Uh, that is not true for every area of any other entry in the, the series. You know, there's some, there are exceptions where I can, I can do it for some of them, but not everyone yeah. in every other game. In Dark Souls 1, I can tell you what every area is about because they all have a gimmick or kind of uh, a gameplay mechanic they're looking to explore in an almost like, uh, you know, Miyamoto-esque way um, of just kind of like, this is what this is about. And it makes that second half of the game where, like, the levels are maybe not as strong makes me appreciate them because they feel unique and cool uh, as opposed to just another place full of bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those problems are really good. Yeah. Uh, that you're talking about. I was going to make a joke about, well, there's no giant world, but there is a giant world. There's a fire level. There's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 there's an ice world and, of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can get a, you can get a pair of uh, Kuribos uh, boots <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. to wear. Like it is just like those, those gimmicks. Like a lot of people get like, don't, I think don't like them mm-hmm. um, because they do have run into a little bit of like a safety bet problem where it's like, okay, well I just have to make a divine weapon. But if you think about it in terms of the first time you're doing that, or if you don't know that you're doing some problem solving, like mm-hmm. figuring that out is cool and satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's not like they just introduce those like, Hey, all of a sudden we're going to these wacky wild worlds. They're more visually distinct, but the places mm-hmm. leading up to that each have their own, the, 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 their own twists as well. You know, like you can't, you can't say that uh, Sens and the parish are doing nearly the same thing. Not Where, remotely. Yeah. Whereas, like, and I'm sorry to just keep on kicking the kidneys of Dark Souls Three. That's not my intention. You look at, um, like, there is not that much difference in play between the Undead Settlement and High Wall of Lothric. Like, right. Sometimes, not even geographically, like the settlement sprawls a little bit more, but that is such a fine distinction compared to, like. Even the jump from Berg, where you're fighting these regular enemies, to <laughs> the parish, which is full of these enemies, which are much wilier, who will, you know, like parry you now. Yeah. Or even, you know, the, 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 the really, really fine distinctions is a good way to put it. Like, if you took Dark Souls 3, which I think has good level design, yes. but it's all in wireframe, um, and it does kind of bleed together, like even a very good level, like the, the cathedral, mm-hmm. um, it's just another big church that we've been through a bunch of times, mm-hmm. you know, like there's just nothing, there's nothing neat. Like, uh, like the lights are out. Like you have mm-hmm. to deal with that. Like you have to choose, you know, the essential choice though, what that was meant to be is like you choose between a shield, which in, in dark souls one, like was fairly standard is before more people were kind of dropping that and light, like being able to see that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, uh, 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 
something like um, the Duke's Archives, which is like all about snipers. Like it is all about being under fire, managing line of sight, um, kind of like a, a, a proto shrine of Amana uh, thing. Yeah. Um, those are huge differences. And there's just not those differences in later entries in the series. Like Dark Souls 3 is the easiest one to whip like that. But they, they show up less and less even in entries that kind of do it. Right. You know, so like Dark Souls 2 might have the um, the, the foggy forest. I don't think it's called the for, foggy forest. That's like that's a Mario. Like, <laughs> that was the exact area I was going to cite as a failure to try and do something thematically. But so yeah. go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say like I, I'm so it's not the foggy forest is not great, right? Yeah. Shaded, but, shaded woods, just so we don't get a woods. tweet. And if you tweet us, shame at you. Yeah. If you tweeted us over that, like yeah. uh, actually, I was like, well, I know I was saying foggy forest. I don't think that Dark Souls actually made a foggy forest. Yeah. <laughs> um, foggy forest sounds like a like a Souls of Darkness thing. Yeah, Foggy Force does sound like a Souls of Darkness thing. Souls of Darkness 2, Elevator to Heck, coming in 2020. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, uh, Foggy Force at least is trying something, right? Like, it's not as successful as the Tomb of the Giants. But it's, it's, it's working on something. It's giving yeah, it a shot. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like just a wireframe of the level that came before it. Yeah. You know, or another wireframe version. Yeah. J- John, you're, you're going to call out something. I know this isn't the Dark Souls 2 episode, uh, but it sounds like you really don't like the, uh, the, the, the Shaded Woods. Is there something you think, like, accomplishes that better in the series? Maybe even in Dark Souls? Uh, well, I think I, well, I was just going to say, I, that was sort of the one that popped in my head as an example of trying to do something thematically that could, Inter- the interaction of, you know, mechanics and, and different approaches, but it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't work as well as, I mean, even Lost Isolith. It just, it just, I don't think it works as well as a, as a concept. I think it's mostly frustrating and, and honestly, um, it was, I just didn't find it to be an interesting way to do it. It, it was not, a, it was not, a, it was not successful, right. but at least it was them trying to do something similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. as you're right through, through large areas and I'm not, I honestly, Love Dark Souls too, so I'm not throwing shade at the entire game, but um, it was one of the situations where I just didn't think they. You're right, the, them, the thematic connections and the way you feel like you're in distinct areas, the way you have that sort of, you can see where you are, and and just from a screenshot you would know, hey, that's this area, and it has these effects, and these, this is the world you're living in, and yeah. but it with still having some cohesiveness, um, you really don't get that anywhere else. Yeah, you know, I, you guys know how much I hate going meta, um, but allow me this indulgence here. Um, look at the first season of the show where, you know, we made fun of ourselves dorkily for calling out those, those theses when we saw them, right? Uh, just these one or two sentence kind of summaries. Um, uh, so, you know, just like, what, what is this area trying to communicate to you? Even into Demon Souls. And I think by the time Dark Souls 2 came around, we, 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 we had just stopped trying. Like it stopped making sense to try and force it. It was such a natural fit for, for, you know, for Dark Souls 1. Yeah. And then people, I think somebody wrote in and said like, Hey, we like those. And it's like, well, we like them too. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that, that's been, you know, part of the, the arc of the show is like, we can only do the things the games support. Right. You know, like we can bring as much of ourselves to it as we want, but like the games do change, you know, even ones that, uh, you know, that they really love, like are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, it's very cool. Like even if the actual, like you take something like, um, the Duke's archives, which gets like shit on fairly frequently. As a level, I think. And I don't think it's very good, right? Like, it's not a great level if you look at it from a wireframe frame perspective. It's still just so distinct visually and mechanically that, like, that kind of uh, not having the edges rounded off, you know, that kind of uh, it being a unique shape uh, not feeling kind of plug and play, like, really just does a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's something else that this, this entry in the series, I think, does better than any other entry in the series. You know, like, like I love Hemwick, uh Eternal Lane. 
like love it. Yeah. What is it about? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a super cool looking, very atmospheric area with a lot of enemies in it. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about let the bodies hit the floor. Yep. And then once you get to the end of it, it's like, what in the world's Clyde? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how you power up your fire, power man. 5, <laughs> yeah. I think for I think Forsaken Castle Kanehurst gets to close to that level. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I I think part of what we're talking about here is if you look at Duke's archives, it's shaped. I mean, it's a mythical world, but it's shaped like you would expect it to be shaped in a plausible way. It, yes. You know, you have it's what that would look like. It doesn't look like it was designed to be a level, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's really what I think it is. It, it gives you that believability. It's like, yeah, it's a long tower. It's like, yeah, but you know that going. Fighting your way up a circular tower may not be the most interesting mechanically thing you can do, but it's, hey, that's what I think, you know, an evil archive would look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like sense of place and, uh, you know, sense of place is what that, you know, that is. It's like, it feels like a real, real location. It has a little bit of that, like, sim aspect to it where it's like, I'm exploring a real world place. Yeah. Um, and th- it's not like even Dark Souls 1 does that everywhere. You know, like no, everywhere no. feels like, you know, because like you spend a lot of time in the Berg on like weird rooftops and stuff. Like there's <laughs> only a couple of houses, right. but um, it still feel or like lower on a Berg does though. That feels mm-hmm. like an alley yeah. uh, in like a bad neighborhood. Um, you know, they they do that kind of um sense of a real world place. And something that I've harped on, I think, on every season of the show is like liking when we run into an area that feels like people live there at some point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's very hard for me to say that about a lot of areas later in the series and much easier for me to say it about things here. Yeah. You know, even if it is, uh, you have to do a lot of fantasy stretching. Like even if like, I don't know what a tomb of the giants would look like, <laughs> like this kind of like the earth has collapsed and spilled a bunch of coffins down into this pit, like makes sense to me. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's a big deal. Um, do we, uh, do we want to talk about, uh, Estes? Cause we foreshadowed that and then we can, Moving to things we haven't foreshadowed. Yeah, I would very much like to talk about Estes because it was shocking how much the canonical feel of that verb and the way that that needs to articulate over the course of an entire game was nailed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very good. Like it is, it is back to the the function it achieves. So we we talked about it a lot with Dark Souls Two, where healing gems in that game, the function they achieve is to let you do every one of these very dense encounters at full health. If you get through the encounter, you can take some downtime between them, uh, low resource ways, uh, kind of top yourself off and then do the next encounter. Dark Souls one, because of the lack of warping and because of the way the encounters are designed and because of Estes is designed becomes a, you have a level that is a bonfire to bonfire and Estes becomes a concrete measurement of how many mistakes you can make. <laughs> um, and that is really elegant. Um, you know, and it, it comes, you eventually start gaming it and internalizing it where it's like, oh, I've made too many mistakes. I'm going to have to start over yep. uh, and just kind of do better. But even on space level, it's like, you know, Estes heals a lot. You start out with a very generous amount of charges uh, with it, um, especially early on when you're starting from Firelink. Um, it is just like, hey, on your way to the next bonfire, we know this is going to be tough. Make 10 mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn. Like, that's why this like yeah. game does that uh, that kind of learning curve really well, because like. <laughs> You're allowed to fuck up. Yeah. And you, you can, know, you know, you can make the game easier for yourself by spending a consumable resource, by spending a very valuable resource in order yeah. to make a choice about the way you want the difficulty of the world to be shaped, you know, at particular bonfires. And it forces yeah. you to make an interesting gameplay decision 
as you're going through. I, I remember in the most recent playthrough, I was sitting, there was times where I'd be like, this boss isn't that hard. I think I can just do this. I'm not throwing any more humanity into this bonfire. No. Yeah. And sometimes you find out you're right and sometimes you find out you're wrong, but at least it gives you an interesting gameplay decision. Similar, the ability to, you know, just increase your, you know, get your health back up. Sometimes you have to make a decision about, you know, can I even just on a individual encounter, can I make it through this encounter without having to use a full, try, you know, and you can make some interesting mechanical decisions. And I think it's without the, bloodborne problem of grinding and wasting time and all of the ugliness that ensues from that yeah it, it's got um enemies don't uh later we you know we talked about it and this is a probably a, a cool thing in bloodborne but enemies patrol in bloodborne mm -hmm. in dark souls one they don't everyone stands still like a chess piece until you're ready for them <laughs> so you get to have that part that you're talking about john where it's like um i'm at like 75 percent health um yes. and you're you're staring down that boar in the parish <laughs> and it's like well i would like to save this estus should i try to take on this thing that looks like it can really fuck me up um, or do I want to top off because I'm looking at this thing. I have time to consider it and kind of slowly pace the encounter to like be safe because this looks like it's going to fuck me up. Um, one of the big yeah. differences between Dark Souls and Demon Souls, I think, is that enemies' power levels read a lot better from their silhouettes. Mm -hmm. um, in Demon Souls, they do that with eyes and they have the, like the, the blue eyed and red eyed knights um, that kind of do that. But from a distance, like you can't really read them. From here, I think if you if something's going to be like a Baroniki knight or something's going to really like be hard to fight. Um, you can tell from before it, it procs, like before it's going to attack you. Uh, and that just kind of contributes to this pace that I think is just really elegant. Like think about, so that works with the, the, uh, SS, which we're talking about, uh, to the point that John just made, how that interacts, which works with how the world is designed with how they space out bonfires. Like everything props other things up in this, like few things are kind of cool on their own, like moving enemies are in Bloodborne. Like that's kind of cool, but it doesn't feel like it's to a purpose. Um, this feels like it, it supports and kind of props up the, the level and world design and health system. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so extremely good. Cool. And it, <laughs> it, it's, it's incredibly good. It's so like impressive. And then you throw in um right of kindling mm. into that, which yes. like where the, you know, the fact that they stop you from wanting to, to go down there and fight pinwheel and then you have to backtrack. Like we talked about that a lot in the, the season. I think that pinwheel was meant to be an alternate kind of first boss and yeah, yeah. it didn't work out that way, but if they had made that um, just this kind of like little chore you can do to even control difficulty better um, in some ways between this and what you brought up, Cole, uh, this does, you know, let you control the difficulty of your game almost as much as Dark Souls 2 does. Yeah. Um, it's really admirable in like the player controlled difficulty department. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, they're putting a little bit of faith in you. Like they have not decided that, you know, we need to maximize this to be as hard as possible at most times. You know, they've given you a way to just like, well, we can make 15 mistakes. You know, you yeah. basically you've given yourself half a contra code by yeah. <laughs> by making a couple of decisions. Um, and I think that's important because, you know, on your on your second time through and, you know, you, you can kind of figure out which bonfires are worth juicing. Um, but on your first time through, you never know if you're, if you're coming back to it. So, like, you know, you are parting with something like every <laughs> every time I kindle a bonfire is another time later on that I can't summon somebody. Yeah. You know, especially that first run through, because like as as you play through the game more and more, like, you know, humanities are not nearly as rare as they initially seem on your first run through when you don't really know how to explore the world. They're incredibly precious. Yes. Um, and like some of my favorite moments in Dark Souls one were setting back and. You know, it wasn't like the visceral thrill of the combat or barely dodging something. It was setting back and considering my resources thinking about how to move forward in a, like, again, a very chess-like or like survival horror kind of aspect. Yeah. Like how do I manage myself 
uh, and what I have to bring to bear against the hostility of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's one thing about the Estes that I, I just, I don't think that it, that, that it was kept forward. The idea of doing like a chuggalog that you can, without investing a stat, without doing really anything, you can dial in additional uses of the Estes. Mm. As it goes, so it's just like, all right, in the same animation, it's going to be a little bit longer, but I'm going to heal entirely, you know, on this on 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 this go. Like that is, I think, a fundamental yeah. change to the rhythm of play. In in one boss fight, you could make ten decisions about what we talked about earlier. You know, immediate, just in your head, quick decisions about, hey, do I chug or do I chug a lug? <laughs> do <Yeah>. I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think you can chug a lug in other games as well, but it doesn't. Uh, you like SS is much more rare. Yeah. Like you can't you can't crystal a crystal. Yeah. You know, and there's no and chug a lugging doesn't feel any different in Bloodborne because it's so quick in the first place. Right. But in Dark Souls one and Dark Souls or Dark Souls two and three, you can chug a lug. It's just it takes so long in Dark Souls three or Dark Souls one two mm-hmm. to have enough SS charges to make that a good value proposition. Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very important. And again, that rhythm of play thing cannot be overstated. Um, I'm positive there have been games that do this, basically just give you make make your main healing item a Vancey and magic charge that is always yeah. available to you. You know, um, this is the one that stands out to me as being the, the the earliest and most notable one. And again, that might just be because it is a notable system in this that props up against other systems. Everything about Dark Souls, the primary value that it has is interconnection. And one thing yeah. we didn't mention, yeah, absolutely. And one thing we didn't mention is you also get to make interesting decisions about giving up trading firekeeper souls for firekeepers at some point. Uh-huh. And so that's yeah. another interesting mechanical decision that you can you can make and be like, well, I mean, you I guess thinking about it, if I'm right about this mechanically, you can make the decision to not rekindle firelink, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And go and, and, but, and if yeah. 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 So yeah, it's I mean, which is another sort of you know, interesting decision that that bleeds into the game. Right, it's, it's, a, it's a meaningful decision because it, because it's, it affects it, how much your chugs lug. <laughs> yeah, like it's if you like lugs, you will like this chug. Yeah. The um, it because it, it feels like initially, like of course I'm going to bring back the firekeeper. Like I love firelink. Mm-hmm. You know, however, healing more for the rest of the game every single time you use an Estus is such a big, tempting like. It's not indie with the the bag of sand and the the idol. It's two <laughs> idols, right? You know, um, and the the one's got like huge honking knockers, and the other one's got a big old dong. And it's like, which fertility <laughs> idol do I want? <laughs> you know, like, which one am I gonna put on the the pedestal? Like, it is a meaningful choice. It is. Um, yeah. You can also eat. Uh, one of the things that I've seen speedrunners do, and this is obviated a long time ago, but like they would eat. Uh, Firekeeper soul because they needed the souls at a certain point. Yeah, and that like destroys me. I'm like, oh man, that, that blows <laughs> you, my mind. <laughs> you, you can do it though. Like it is, it is a third yeah. option for the, oh, for these things. God. It is just uh, really, really elegant um, <laughs> how this all works together. Yeah, a, a single a single item has a three way decision attached to it. Well, and and yeah. further, right? So we talked about a humanity, um, which you can use to kindle or write you know right of kindling a bonfire or whatever. When you turn human to right of Kindle a bonfire, then you get invaded. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's like everything has these like this matrix of decisions around it. Uh, well, that for is just a similar like... decision. I was I was fighting Ornstein and Smo and having my classic difficulty this time, and I had gotten myself down to two or three humanity. And the question was, do I kindle the bonfire and try and give myself more? But if I'm using 
I'm using up these humanities. I need to be able to get um, to get people so that I can uh, you know beat the bosses by yeah, summoning them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> because, because the last thing you want to do is like walk back to uh, the walk back to the depths with your tail between your legs, trying to Bar- harvest some humanity like from those rats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like goddamn tell me. It, yeah, <laughs> it, and it's and it's not like Bloodborne where you have to do that, right? Like right. it's not like your your verb of healing is taken away from you, right? In in Bloodborne, it is just this like benefit slash risk mm-hmm. because then even as you like, oh, I'm going to use this humanity to grab Solaire on your way to go fight Ornsi and Smo, like somebody can invade, and they will, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they, have, and they will because yeah. Ar- Orlando, like that is the it is such a well designed area in that respect where uh-huh. it's like full of these interesting decisions about what you do that have nothing to do with combat right like it's not an interesting decision like how i make my build or oh like wait for him to do this attack and then he has a cooldown of this long so you can get in two seconds like the thing that dark souls one does that's remarkable about the other ones and even when the other ones control a little bit better have better combat dark souls one does the things outside of combat so much better Mm -hmm. that like and that's just going to be more valuable to me like i like i love the combat in, in souls games but it's not the thing that i think is super special and it's not the only it's not the main thing i'm here for yeah you know it is is this other stuff these other decisions you make outside of of swinging a sword right that are just like so cool to me yeah it's not just visual either it's not just like oh does this look like a place people would be um it is a sense of place but it is also like the collective weight of the architecture and design decisions around you that are kind of like resting on you giving you kind of this you know sense of pressure to proceed you know, yeah, yeah. Like you know, I like <laughs> sitting down at a bonfire is not like this perfunctory act uh, in Dark Souls One that it can become. You know, later on, like you're you're sitting down in order to like regroup in order to make some of these decisions. That lack of a rhythm of like every bonfire just being a menu that takes you back home, um, yeah, really kind of invests these things with this totemic importance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so big. Like, there's no better feeling than running into a bonfire in Dark Souls 1. You know, like, and I remember, like, for certain areas being like, yeah, I remember very distinctly uh, getting to the end of my rope and Googling, hey, where's the bonfire in New Londo Ruins? (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) Because there may be one that you missed. Like, Yeah, I was was looking around and I was just like, this is so harsh and so hard for me. That house has fucking 15 ghosts in it. What do I do? (laughs) Um, And then being like, oh, no, there's just not one there. Like, they play with it, too. And and yeah. then surmounting that is is really really yeah. satisfying. The, the angle of the sword and the bonfire, um, and just something about the color, or it, it might be like a like a sprite or a decal that they put up to make it visible at such a at, at such a distance. Um, yeah, there's something Pavlovian about that for me now. Like I kind of want to just like get a print of a Dark Souls bonfire that mimics as many of the things to put on the inside of my door for when I get home. Oh, yeah. Because it'll give me hope and make me feel safe. <laughs> yeah. you, you can actually, Cole, because of, like, weird uh, Think Geek things, you could also get a little thing that plays the Firelink theme for a couple seconds when you get home, too. What? <laughs> How cool is that? I'm sure I'm sure such a thing exists, right? Like a little, like, Talkboy-style alarm. I guarantee you I could set up something with uh, with my Amazon lady in a tube uh, thing yeah. to make that happen with the GFNs. Because it just, like, every time you open your door, it plays that theme, you know, for 45 <laughs> seconds until you get in, like... It's such a nice idea. What a what an important thing that I feel like even the other entries in the series that I love like hasn't really done. Uh-huh. I've never had that feeling of relaxation and goodness when I find a bonfire. 
<laughs> you know, in the, in those other in those other games, like you still get a little, you know, finding a shortcut is still satisfying. Like getting back to an area so you don't have to do things again feels good. But that bonfire feeling is just really, really special. Yeah, and two is just such a goddamn necessity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, and, and it's it's, it's like, like it's like you know I see when I think oh about time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it's it's you're you're going through a much harsher kind of area and then once you get there they're just pit stops because you never have to revisit again right because it's just you can teleport everywhere so just really all that stuff is extremely good um the combat is also something i think has a reputation for being bad because it is kind of slow um i don't think that i don't think it is bad i like the rhythms of dark souls one combat even though i do like if you play bloodborne a bunch and then go back to this or play dark souls 3 even and go back to this it is harder to get used to yeah um but it is something I appreciate uh, on its own as its own thing. Yeah. it. Um, I'm happy that I walked through the lands of Dark Souls 2 and Demon Souls in order to ease myself back into this like a diver coming back up to sea level. Yeah, didn't want to get the bends. Um, but um, it does not make the game any that much easier. I don't think that's what makes this easy, the pace, right? No. Because you're, you're slower, too, just like the enemies are slower. Yeah, the whole thing is a little bit gentler and and more more slow paced and more kind of considered. Yeah. Um, the areas are bigger; they're de- less dense with enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, something I that I was blown away by in this uh, is because the enemies uh, just stay still until you come upon them. There are almost no ambushes in this game. <laughs> um, think about just like the the double digits of ambushes you get into in the Cathedral of the Deep. Mm-hmm. Like how many of those little guys are crawling on walls that fall on you? Yep. Um, that happens at a near constant rate. Uh, there are almost no ambushes in Dark Souls 1. No, um, no. It just kind of doesn't happen. It's not really about that, you know? <laughs> um, and that kind of contributes to the slower pace that I know it's funny because some people, I think it is much easier and and I'm really well suited to it. I know some people who like, oh yeah, like Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne's really easy. Dark Souls 1 is so hard. Hmm. And I don't really know what's going on other than I think the fact that they are expecting to just run into everything and start fighting it. I almost you know, wonder if the the slower pace means it's not as twitchy, but in some ways timing is more important. Yeah. You have you have to time, you know, whether you're using a strength build or dexterity, whatever you're doing, you have to time your attacks based around what the what, you know the bad guy is doing, and so you you really only get one shot to time it right, or it can go wrong really quickly. Whereas yeah. some of the twitchier games, you know, I love Bloodborne, but a lot of it is. Regain, regain, regain. Try and get them back, as, you know. And you could literally yeah. button mash to try and do that. Yeah. There's no button mashing in this game, really. Yeah. Well, it cues. It does that queued up action, yeah, uh, thing much more stiffer than any other entry in the series. Like, I, I don't know the technical aspect of what other uh, the other entries in the series do with that. This one, you you definitely dial in an action. You have move buffering, yeah, um, yeah. and it's very evident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, the, the first time you just tap attack. Uh, and then you do an attack and then like slam on dodge and you don't do it. Yeah. Um, is a real lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, so the faster ones offload some of the skill barrier onto moment to moment decisions where if you fuck up, you have another chance to make things right again on the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Um, Dark Souls one, I think is more about kind of like John said, like a strategic knowledge, but also, um, just knowledge of your character and your player and your weapon and your moveset. You know, my big revelation in playing Dark Souls, this is not news, but it's it's worth saying, is that, like, 
in the hierarchy of what makes a weapon good, well, first off, scaling. Okay, scaling, that is a long-term thing. But, like, that goes away and becomes not as important as moveset um, animations and just, like, do both of those things play well with the way that you want to approach the game. You know, like, <laughs> what kind of opening are you disposed to want to try to find? Right. You have to know that going into some of these encounters. Otherwise, you have, you know, outside of the Estes system, a lot fewer opportunities to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's not like weapon knowledge is not important just to like head off tweets. Like it's not like weapon knowledge is not important to Bloodborne. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's more about how you just kind of have more room on the other side to make up for for things mm-hmm. like yeah. that point that you said. So we're not saying that your weapon of choice is not important in the other games. It obviously is. Right. So here it feels, it feels like because of that move dial, dialing in thing, uh, again, that interconnection, it's these two systems that are leaning up against each other. Yeah. In, in yeah. dark souls, it almost makes sense. The first time you approach an opponent, you know, an enemy you haven't fought in a while to dodge and to learn their timing, you know, to try and discern their timing and then try and beat it with the way, with your attack. Um, I, it's really, I think the timing is more interesting because it is slower. Right. It, it's slower and it's also a little bit more limited. Um, this, this plays into bosses um, more than regular enemies, but it plays into regular enemies as well, where there's just like fewer fake outs. <laughs> um, the, the later games, because they are not just sequels in or as story and, and stuff, are also trying to up the difficulty, um, have more delayed hits, have more, uh, every, you know, enemies have more moves in general yeah. Yeah. Uh, than they do here. So like, it's a manageable amount of stuff to learn. And that that's a beat, you know, drum that I beat all the time uh, with bosses, especially with multi-phase bosses where it's like, how much do you expect me to memorize on this guy? You know, like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a number of moves I feel is a reasonable amount of work for me to do that then feels good to execute on. And then there, you can easily go over that and then it no longer feels good to execute on. It's like, becomes kind of a chore yeah. and uh, you know, regular enemies. Like you look at something like the Baroniki Knights, um, you know, those gigantic motherfuckers with the tower shield. Yeah only got like three moves or so <laughs> like it, they're really predictable like they don't have a whole lot of things they can do mm-hmm. um so you can kind of step back and learn that and then you can be like okay now i know that guy yeah. you know there, there's a there's a degree there's a scale of kind of manageability with dark souls one that gets lost um not so much like dark souls 2 does that as well like dark souls 2 doesn't have quite as many it kind of makes up makes the the, up the difference in in larger groups yeah, yeah than kind of weapon variety but in bloodborne and dark souls 3 um, there's a lot more of like enemies that have kind of a Swiss army knife of, of things they can do Yeah, that are trickier. And that's cool. If it's like a special thing, like, Oh, this is, this guy's special. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, the, but if, the, it, if it's the, all the time, the, the, the fume knight is special because of the delayed hits. Yes. Right. Um, but if every enemy has this entire toolbox of different things they can do, it gets less special. Yeah. And that's very apparent in the bosses. Uh, somebody, and I'm so sorry that I don't have your name. You tweeted this at me weeks ago. Um, and you know, I, I can't remember it, but the, the, there's an image, uh, that somebody sent, which is a picture of the kind of like damage patterns of bosses throughout the series. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it was, it was done like a, like in a four panel kind of thing. Like, oh, here's, here's Dark Souls where there's a big red area in front of the boss and there's one right under it. Dark Souls mm-hmm. two, there's, you've got that, but there's also, uh, kind of a, a cone behind it, like a very limited, like smaller version, uh, almost, <laughs> Bloodborne, uh, they add the sides 
on, onto that as well. So, you know, again, just picture these quadrants forward, back, and then on either side where they can, where they can kind of hit you. And then, and then Dark Souls 3 is just a gigantic red circle all the way around them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. You know, that, that, that reads as, as accurate to me. Right. You know, like the last so. one is, a, is, is a little bit of a joke. I'm sure there is, I'm sure there is a more accurate way to put it that isn't, uh, hyperbolic, but it's close. It feels right it's in close. spirit. <laughs> it's, it's at the very least, it's the progression. Right. Right. Like it, it's the, it's the right direction, even if it ramps up things more than is true. So that's really important to me. Like, I think that's, that's really good. Like people will talk about like how in Dark Souls 1, you spend a lot of time like fishing for backstabs and stuff. But going through, like, being super scared going through the parish, mm-hmm. going through the second time where I can parry and backstab the, uh, the, uh, the Balder Knights. Yep. Um, and just kind of going through like a boss and just summarily executing all of them as I came back with more knowledge is like a treasured memory. <laughs> you know, I think that's good. So. Gary's Stomp Tour 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Going through, I mean, I, I, you know, again, not a, not a brag because I think this is one of the easier Souls games, but like, this is the Souls game I am by far the best at. Right. Um, like, I'm I'm very good at Dark Souls 1. Like, I do not, uh, you know, I haven't done, like, a tons of challenge. Like, I mean, I actually have. I've done, like, a bunch of challenge stuff. This, but, and it's because it is the game that is the one where it's not just about my hand reflexes. Right. To get good at it, you know? Like, I like uh, trying to be, and it, it's a video game. I'm not saying I'm smart in a grand sense. I like trying to, I like something testing my strategy more than testing my hands. Mm-hmm. And I think that this this game does that really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, something we alluded to a little while ago, um, was the online play, um, hmm. and, uh, invasions. I was so happy to be invaded again, you guys. <laughs> I was too. I was like, wait, people are still <laughs> doing this. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, wait. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Uh, okay. I'm going to run over here. Uh, I fell. Ah, uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember how to bow. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a, you want me to use PS Move on PS3? What are you, like, the no, I was using an Xbox Elite controller. What do I do? The, the shitty, like, the PS3 where you have to move the controller in certain ways, the X axis, X axis, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I had to do six axis? Yeah. You, you never, you uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely the six axis. Uh, you, I've never gotten that to trigger, uh, intentionally, but boy, no, oh boy. It, it's funny when it happens accidentally, though. It's <laughs> yeah. so stupid. It's like, I just got tuckered out. You just need to sit down for a second. <laughs> You'll sleep tonight. Um, <laughs> The, uh, yeah, the, the actual, this is the only Souls entry where I spent appreciable time in PvP as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause we did that episode. Yeah. Um, of it. And like, there's a whole host of that stuff that like just was very fun. Like, you know, coming up with a gimmick, like executing on the gimmick, having people send me hate mail through Xbox Live. <laughs> um, you know, like, it is very, very cool. Like when I played again, I did get invaded, but there isn't that kind of meta element. Right. And people who have been training this entire time while I've been away from Dark Souls 1 are much better at it. So I am no longer competitive in PvP. Oh, yeah. Well, you were going on dates. They were defending the blockchain. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they practiced the sword. <laughs> Yeah, but like it's fun to get like run on like that. And I understand people have a lot of bad luck. People it's it's kind of an emotional issue. But for me it's just kind of like I don't know, I know this game a lot now and that is a that is a way for me to feel pain again. Hurt me more, yeah. please. Like invade me in the parish. Yeah. yeah. Um for sure. Uh, and that ties into the covenant system really well. Um I like the uh, uh I like the covenants. I don't know if there's anything more to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel like covenants are something that um, 
this franchise has never totally gotten right. Right. Like the, but the, most entries that have them, they do something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this one as well, like I wish Grave Lords worked. Um, I wish there was more, uh, more covenants that they didn't have just, or like I wish that the, you know, like the princess guard and the champions of the sun or whatever, there are a lot of them that just end up being, you know, that fulfill functions that don't need to be fulfilled. Right. Right. You know, um, so they don't quite get there. And they're, it's before they're doing really wildly creative stuff like they do in two and they do in, uh, in three. Right. You know, with the, with the, yeah. the purple phantoms. But like the ones that are here that are cool are very cool. And like just because I had to mod in Gravelord stuff to make it work <laughs> didn't make that not cool. Yeah. Like if people are looking again, being the most replayable entry in the series, if you haven't played with like Gravelord phantoms on, give it a shot. Yeah. Cause it changes things a lot. Yeah. It's very I, cool. I, um, as, as is probably understandable, I'm taking a long break, a long break, but that would be the mod or the next kind of playthrough I would want to do would be a Grave Lorded mod. It's neat. It's super neat to see. Yeah. I really wish that worked in, in the actual just base game. It was a better. very, very good idea. Yeah. Yeah. When I say base game, I mean new game. I know that it comes up in new game plus. Right. Don't at me. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you think of the covenants here, John? Did you, have you spent a lot of time doing PVP? Have you, did you done, spend a like covenant time in Dark Souls one? I didn't do a lot of PVP. Um, I got invaded. I fought people off. I did that. I, I do think the covenant system is, um, it seems, I think it's a little bit, pro- I mean, obviously they get more complicated over time. I think sometimes that complexity took away from them. It's more like most of the covenants serve one or two purposes. I, th- I feel like through the course of the game, there's more of an incentive to sort of change covenant depending on what you're trying to do, um, what you're trying to achieve at that point. Um, there's sort of more one function, but I agree. I think they added a lot to the game and, and um, you know, they were a good addition and yeah. it's something they built on and maybe made it too complicated further down the road. Yeah. They, they, they very specialized. They understood what they, what they kind of needed to be used for, which was mm-hmm. solely PVP. In, in in Dark Souls One, what feels very notable to me is that they add to the sense of mystery. You know, yeah, like they yeah. will be at the end of paths, or like, oh, you wait a minute, there's a there's a, um, a a coffin I can climb into. Wait, who's talking to me? Wait a minute, oh boy, this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there are also elements that where like the PvP interacts with the single player here in a way that it often doesn't later on. Where if you're struggling with the forest, with the run up to, uh, to, to, to Sif, um, guess what? You join that covenant. All of a sudden they're leaving you alone. It gets you a merchant. Um, you want to skip Lost Isolith because you're a reasonable human being with a good head on your shoulders. Um, you're going to join, <laughs> you're going to join up with, uh, uh, with the, the, the daughters of chaos, you know, yeah, the fair lady. Yeah. 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 And, and that, that's, uh, you know, does other things too, where it's like, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of cool pyromancies for doing this as well. Like, yeah. It just, yeah. it, it, none of the individual things it can do other than just like Dick Wraith, Sun Bros, and, and Blue Cops, mm-hmm. like are actually totally well developed. Yeah. I think it's like nobody, nobody did like a themed princess guard, <laughs> you know, run, you know, so it's like they had a lot of flavor. Some of them are just like not quite far enough, I think. Yeah. Is really the, the only issue. Yeah. It was, it was a nascent idea. And I think that I like that idea and the way that it came together. I like the way it came together better than I liked uh, World Tendency. I think I like the idea of World Tendency a lot, though. So it's a very kind of like narrow consideration. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about the kind of more or less non-existent uh, Demon Souls, yeah, you know, yeah. PvP. Like that just didn't proc mm-hmm. for any of us. So right. um, or any, you know, anybody on, on the show at the time. So it, it is uh, it's extremely it's it's very good. Um, and also it has that you know, when you talk about that sense of mystery, um 
it plays into the kind of the flavor of NPC and person interactions mm-hmm. uh, in this game, which again, like I, I thought it was two things, but there are more things I think this does better than any other entry in the series. <laughs> yep. um, that's one of them too. And I, I wrote a whole, cause it was, it was me bagging on dark souls three, but I wrote, wrote a whole essay comparing that um, those two things. I won't like, I've linked it a bunch. So it's, it's readable if you want to, but I think that the, uh, the way dark souls one um, does that is the perfect balance mm-hmm. where uh, people, you know, you go through, People are going to say uh, just enough to get you into it. <laughs> you know, like they're going to continue. Like there are hints to go. There are ways to follow the storyline. You get most of the way there before some like real non, un, you know, really unintuitive shit happens. Yeah. And if you look at something just to like call on an outside source, right? You look at um, Michael's uh, prepare to cry stuff. Yep. Um, he has the most prepare to cries and the best prepare to cries on Dark Souls 1. Every NPC in Dark Souls 1 represents an idea mm-hmm. uh, the same way every boss and every area does. Um, not the case in later entries in the series. Right. You know, so you look yeah. at something like Logan, who is this cautionary tale about the pursuit of knowledge. <laughs> um, you look at something like, uh, obviously like Sigmeier, right. um, who is about this, like, you know, a person's got to have a purpose. Right. Um, to them. Like these, these characters have something to them. Um, there, there's something to this quest line. You look at Solaire, which is about this kind of like blind optimism. <laughs> uh, and then there's kind of this kind of just tragedy, right. you know, that happens to him. Um, it's got so much heart, uh, these stories and they give you most of the story. They get you invested by not hiding, you know, the, the, the first half or the first three quarters of their stories mm-hmm. are not hidden from you. You get invested and want to pursue them. Yeah. You know, they move around the world, but they move around in such a way that it is not like it, it just disappears, you know, with yeah. the exception of Sigmar, always <laughs> Sigmar is the exception in both directions. In both of this, in terms of like, that is probably the highest high, but it's also one of the lowest lows for kind of intuitiveness, right? Yeah. Yeah. They do, they do, they do some, some hidden bullshit yeah. with him for sure. Yeah. Even, but a lot of them that, you know, they don't do as much, like, right? Even something like, um, Logan, who does have some hidden kind of bullshit at the end, it's something that you could reasonably run across. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing, if you're following, and that's it, again, it just adds to that kind of, uh, uh, that depth, if you're following in his footsteps, if you're going to be making the same mistakes he's made, you're more likely to run into him. Yep. <laughs> you know, so you're you're pursuing knowledge at all costs. You get this cautionary tale about doing that. Yeah. He's flattering you. He's offering you what he is seeking out at every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. even the NPCs that have the, the, the that have very little on the face of them they have at least one little hook that first undead merchant, which you think is just going to be like the undead merchant in demon souls. Um, okay. Yeah. He just shows up in the one place and he's like <laughs> rubbing it in how shitty everything is. But like he's talking to, to his imaginary friend that is either his sword or his basket. I forget which one, uh, Dom hall, like his whole idea, aside from the fact that he collects this exotic armor is that he's really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> You got a sweet boy. Yeah. Or, or you run like Griggs, right? Like who is like, you have to puzzle out yourself that he is spying on, you know, uh, Logan, mm-hmm. right? Like he's his apprentice, but he's, you know, he's from like, you know, and you find out like he is one of the, the, the sound sorcerers of Venheim, <laughs> which is one of the coolest, like throwaway aspects of any world. <laughs> like uh, I think in our, in our gaming group, um, we're going to run like a souls inspired thing. Oh, cool. I'm using this like de- like something of the demon lord uh, system, and I'm like I, I want to be a sound sorcerer of Venheim Levi, and he's like, well, I'm not really gonna do uh, like the Dark Souls world exactly. It's just gonna be kind of inspired by. It. I'm like, yeah, 
well, I'll be like a, you know, a music sorcerer of Heimven or something like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that though. That would be an I'm audio mancer. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to do something like that. Like, it's like being a bard that, if being a bard wasn't lame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good bard. Be good bard. Um, my son is also named Bard. Um, <laughs> bored. <laughs> our class has too many. Our, our D and D class has too many boards. Excuse me. I'm also a board looking for party. Um, anywho, yeah. it is uh, the NPCs are done really, really well. Yeah. In this game. And some of them are villains. Uh-huh. Like some of them are things you fight. Like Quaylag's story is really, really sad and good. Yep. Is, is Bort's story really sad and good? Oh, you know, like it's, it's a sketch. It's a sketch of something. It's a sketch, like it's, it's a sad it, thing that happened to him. <laughs> yeah. Is the, but is the curse rod at Greywood a sad thing? No. Like there, yeah. there's just, there's, there's, they're not as, there's not as much depth. Yeah. These things, like even the villains, like even like when people did the lore breakthrough and figured out what pinwheel was, uh-huh. it was so cool <laughs> and so like interesting for such a, like a non-entity. Right. Right. In this, like they're just cool stories behind these characters that, you know, there's, there's almost nothing behind the cleric of beast. Like his name is a job. He's not even a person <laughs> in that world. You know, the, 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 the plumber monster, like yeah. who was he? Well, he was a plumber. She was a cleric, you know, or like he was a cleric. Like, it's just like, there's the, the things you do that the levels you go through, the NPCs you meet and the bosses you fight all tell part of the story in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, like you go through an area, you learn about the, the kind of the boss of that area you get there and there like, there are exceptions. Like there's, you know, Belfry gargoyles. What the fuck are they? I don't right, know. Right. Um, they're a reference to man eaters. They're an Easter egg, but like there's like there's, but you, for the, the best areas, you go through someone's area, you learn about them. And then if you actually take the time to piece together all the parts, there's these amazing, amazing tragic stories uh, behind most of the characters in this game. Yeah. Secret MP, secret MVP for a fight that most people don't really do. Um, so they forget about it. Uh, ceaseless discharge. Oh yeah. Terrible heart wrenching story. Yeah. Yeah. What a terrible, like like, almost like myth, like thing to have happen to him, like a Greek myth, you know, super, super cool. Um, you know, and just, it's rich with that. You know, and like for every demon fire sage, there are two actual characters you fight that if you learn about them, you could give a shit about them. Yeah. You know, so you yeah. spend the whole time going through like, like let's pick the weakest level. So it's like <laughs> even you know, you go go through the demon ruins in Isolith, mm-hmm. which like by no nobody's favorite levels, right? Like those aren't good levels. You're learning about the witches of chaos and what they did and seeing their family and the kind of the after effects of, of their mistake. They're like good hearted well-intentioned mistake mm-hmm. uh, that's here. That's just like so powerful to not have it just be like either like a big question mark or have it just be like, it's another aspect of something we already know, you know, it's not just like, Oh, the church was up to more shenanigans, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's, it's much, it's much stronger yeah. uh, than other entries in the series for that respect. I mean, demon souls does that very well as well. Yes. So like demon souls, you fight characters for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really noticeable when you don't, but dark souls one does that. Uh, as well or better than any other entry in the series, I think. Yeah. Yeah. J- John, was there like a particular NPC or boss story moment that like hits you with like a, like a really emotional punch? I, not so much an emotional, but I agree. I think, I think you're right. Some of the best lore is actually in one of the worst areas. Um, and ceaseless discharges stories, what kept him off my, one of the worst bosses list, just, <laughs> just that part of it. But, um, I, I love Havel. Havel's one of like my all-time favorite oh, yeah. characters. Havel's amazing. Like he's this really intimidating opponent early in the game, 
Um, if you don't cheese him, he's a tough fight. And when you beat him, there's some real satisfaction there. And then to later, when you get to Anne Orlando and the backstory really develops and you find the occult club. And <laughs> I, I think, yeah. yeah, Havel's one of my absolute favorites. And he's not a, he's not a communicating NPC, but I think he has one of the best stories. Yeah. yeah. And you're probably still wearing his ring. Like if you go and encounter him, not only do you get that that that, that shortcut, which can be pretty helpful, um, you are getting one of the most valuable pieces of equipment in the game. Havel's <laughs> ring is a little bit like Kling ring from. I mean, oh, it's yeah. sort of yeah. Like you really don't you really don't have a build until you have it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it makes it makes so much possible because of the roll speeds and the way the the way that those work. I mean, look at Havel. He has all that audacity just to run at you and attack you with a gigantic dildo. It's like some Eastern Promises <laughs> shit. <laughs> The, um, still it's also, talking about the Cole's <laughs> always talking about dildos. We cut out like a good fifty or 50, sixty minutes Guys, every episode of Cole telling me about dildos, and it's and I'm just like, man, I know. Um, <laughs> we just we just move on. Uh, editing has saved our friendship for four years and eight months. <laughs> four, four four years of eight inches. <laughs> Dildo time nonstop. Um, I love and, all and my children. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. the land of dildren. Um, the, and, and again, not to turn this in total into the bag on Dark Souls 3 mode, but like, how shitty is it that like Havel followed Ornstein to go find Gwyn's son and now he's on the roof of this thing? And how much cooler is it that he was put in that cell for this plot against the gods? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how, how'd he get out? How'd he go <laughs> do that stuff after Dark Souls thousands of years later? I killed him. <laughs> yeah, I can't like it's it's just, you know, yes, you could have possibly not killed him, but everybody kills Havel. Yeah. Um, it's just like the, the the way that these kind of stand on their own are just so super, super strong. Like Havel is incredibly cool. Um, man, uh, law track. Yeah, like law track yeah. invading you like his ring, his armor with the two arms on it. Like there's just like nothing, you know, there's nothing like it mm-hmm. in the series. It is so cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just, it just, nobody's, you know, I can't, I'm not even, even like the best, like I like Lucatiel a lot. I'm not feeling the same thing for Lucatiel. Like it's, she's not as interesting. It's very good. It's very touching. I like her story a lot, Yeah, yeah. but she is so, so by so far the exception and here you can't throw a rock without running into somebody interesting mm-hmm. in Dark Souls one, like writing matters, like these, these, <laughs> these kind of stories and characters matter. Yeah. And, you know, you know, lest you think that that, that, that is all just uh kind of gold fringe on the edges of this. That's kind of important for the path of your play. You know, you from from the moment you arrive um, in the Lord Dryan itself and you talk to the crestfallen, you know, and he says, like, he reveals that, you you know, right away, you don't have all the all of the information that you need. Like, oh, there are two bells. Ha ha ha. Um, they are mm-hmm. conveying important details about this world and about the way that this fits together and building a sense of anticipation about places where you could go or building a sense of understanding about places that maybe you just came from and had unanswered questions about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the real shit. Like, and it really, it really starts from the beginning. Um, Oscar, the night of Astora. Yeah. They, from the very beginning, I mean, first scene of the game, you're introduced to an NPC that you're going to have all these interesting interactions with as you come back to the, the asylum. And I mean, and has yeah. all these interesting implications. It's from the very beginning. They've really set it up. Yeah. Even before that, with the cutscene that does the like standard souls, like here's the pantheon of gods you're going to kill. Yeah. Like, I just remember and this, you know, some of this might just be first blushism, but I just remember watching that cutscene and just thinking like that, like, the, you know, the scene of the witches of chaos, you know, huddled over their, their fire. And then when they show Nito, like, 
you know, kind of <laughs> like just spread a bunch of pestilence with his arm like that. Like it is just, and every man, like see the scaleless who betrayed the dragons. Like it is so evocative and cool sounding. And then the fact that you're going to be able to later meet and kill uh, these people, um, you know, and, and Seath is one of the few like unrepentant villains, right, in the in the story. But right. most of them, the fact that like I'm going to regret killing the the witches of Isleth, like mm-hmm. you know, the bed of chaos is a huge pain in the dick to play, and is definitely in my way, and is a villain. Um, they had the they had such a they had a good idea though they had really yeah. good intentions. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I had, so it's funny. You talk about first blushism. You know, you go back and listen to that first episode, uh, where I talked about this on, it was Don't Tree at the time. It's the level now. We included it as part of a, part of an appendix early on where I played Dark Souls and just really was not having any of it at all. One of the things I reacted poorly against was that opening cutscene. Like, oh my gosh, another fantasy world that is throwing all these names at me, expecting me to care about them. You know, mm. but they stuck the landing. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. yes <laughs> like i care uh, so i care so much about Seath. Hey, he's a dick yeah, it's it's, <laughs> he, it's i think that like there's a flavor to this that you don't get when you uh you're playing something like you know when i hear some like an npc in skyrim like talk about something mm-hmm. it's that thing i've talked about before where it's that that western fantasy through like a japanese lens yeah that makes everything kind of evocative and weird uh yes. sometimes and i think this this is doing that yes uh real real well um, I, I am eager to talk about the individual moments and stuff. Do we want to move on or do we have other things to say that are in generalities? I think we're good. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's do what, what order did we do last time? Cool. Um, I think that last time it was, uh, um, well, obviously the guest always leads. So John will go first. Last yep. time I went second because, uh, I was editing. This is your oh, edit. Okay. So you go. Um, I prepared extra just in case I got snaked twice. Yeah. So I've got, I've got backups. Yeah. <laughs> so the order this time, uh, for the, for our souls of Gories will be, will be John, Gary, and then myself. Uh, I have also, um, changed things around. Um, at the, uh, at the very end, I have swapped the bummers and the things that are great because I don't want to end things on bummers. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so, John, what do you think is the best uh, area or your favorite, right? Like, so no one, no, you know, game designers like, you know, Miyamoto's not going to shoot you if you get the wrong answer. <laughs> um, what, is, what is your favorite uh, area in Dark Souls 1? Uh, is Undead Burg, Undead Parish one area? I think so. Uh, like, sure, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it is the quintessential area for me. It is the area because of the interconnected design. Um, it has interesting bosses. It really develops kind of the, and sets up the whole game. It's where you're going to spend partly because you're going to be passing through it because it's where you're going to spend the most largest part of the game. Um, I just think it's, as we've said, it's a masterwork and I think it's, it's my favorite area. It does a very good job. Like, especially if you consider the run to start from Firelink, um, mm-hmm. to get to, to go up there, the way that they meet out the different enemies and the combinations of enemies um, it's like they took one, one from demon souls, exactly. looked, at, looked at that progression and then said, how can we, how can we do this again in a way that will also teach you about the way, the way that this world is shaped. It is very much mm. like one, one. I think what, one thing one, one might succeed a little bit more on is I feel like one, one is actually designed in a, in an actually very plausible way. It would make sense to have gates connected to doors and in a more realistic way but probably not as interesting of a way. Um, so, but yeah, I think undead Berg, undead parish is, is it's really my favorite area in the area. And, and I think you're right. It is a takeoff of bulletaria. Yeah. It's a, I'm glad Cole, you brought up that 
taking the the run up from Firelink because I feel like the game teaches you so much um, from that area where you're going into the aqueduct into Firelink to where you emerge into the Berg and it's that set of uh, defenses. There's the guy with the bow on the tower. There is the other guy coming at you with the sword. Uh, there, like the that. Spears. Yeah, and then then you go to the right where you deal with the spears. Like it is very very rich in game design. Uh, kind of designing through encounter, you know, uh, teaching you through encounter. Um, this is really, really strong. Um, how those kind of things, like, and they're, they're meaningful. So like, you have to do those things to continue. Um, going back and getting, you know, finding the guys with the spears, like, Hey, if you want to get a merchant, which is very important, <laughs> learn about spears. Yep. You know? Um, yep. yeah, it's, uh, that, that area is, is, is really, really phenomenal. And the whole area is, is, is really, really good. Running into the fucking Black Knight. Yep. <laughs> uh, down there hiding in that corner, seeing up at the end of the hallway, like something yeah. from a fucking movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just running at you. Like, like, yeah. he, he, he aggros from a long distance, uh, and he will chase you. He's got an incredibly long leash to the point where, like, even still today, because of my risk aversion, I will fight him from the rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a big scaredy. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah. that Black Knight encounter is great for a very then, useful ring. Uh, Taurus Demon, which takes does you know, the classic game design thing of teaching you the plunging attack lesson that you learned uh, on uh, uh, in the the tutorial. Yeah, on the asylum. Demon. Um, yeah. In the asylum, putting a twist on it, you know, so you have the uh, you know you have the archers mm-hmm. up there. Like that's a really really well designed boss fight. Yeah. Combine you know, that with this- elemental resistances or weaknesses, and you have an enemy that you can uh, cut in half with one attack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, you can, you can do, do great work. The way they, they remind you of, Hey, check out your environment. Think about plunging attacks by having you get shot in the back. Yep. It's such like a quintessential souls way uh-huh. of, of doing that. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. walk, you walk through the door and you kind of don't realize that it's a boss fight until the guy jumps down. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like it is Wait, very you, don't, you don't know at all. Right. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a bridge. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Oh, this seems like a transitory area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and it's it's not like it's it's you know they come down the music kicks in it's before the bombast of souls music has gotten annoying <laughs> right. so it is just like this oh shit this thing's running at me what the fuck do I do <laughs> like it, there's a reason why like beating Taurus Demon is such a big deal and beating Bell Gargoyles like yep. those two fights are big sticking points for people um and they both like teach you things and are both like real feathers in your cap once you get through them yeah yeah. Uh, g- compare it to Demon Souls, where the first boss is, is it Phalanx? Yes. Yeah. Which teaches you nothing. It's it's something you will <laughs> never use again in the entire series. Well, it's, so it's, Phalanx doesn't teach you things for later in the series so much as, like, the levels. It's kind of teaching you something about how they're going to present things to you. Because you get yeah. all those fire weapons and stuff on your way, and then, like... Yeah. So it, it, it's teaching you something about the general world design, but not mm-hmm. through the boss itself. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It, 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 is a, it is a weirdo boss fight. Especially an early boss fight for the for the for the rest of the series, as you consider it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, it can't be uh, overstated that first bonfire in the parish. Um, oh, yeah. it, the number of runs that that is useful for, like, <laughs> again, yeah. that is the center of so many different worlds, of so many different kind of like micro stages or different approaches to the same to the same kind of area. Um, it's incredibly useful and also economical. Yeah. Yeah. And you end up, it like ends up feeling like home because you spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Because this is where everyone's learning the game, you know? So it, it never gets harder than the Berg. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, really. Like that, that's as, like the most time you spend anywhere. And that's why, that's a, that's a good answer. Yeah. John. Yeah. 
Um, so, so Meekle, I, I was a little bit confused when you first. It's you. It's you. Okay. Um, Pain of World of Ariamis. Of course. Uh, surprising no one. That's my, my favorite. Like we did a top favorite areas and that was my favorite in the series. So it's, it's, you know, my favorite here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that it, even it's kind of weird because it's not explicitly, it's not connected to anything. It doesn't lean into the strengths of Dark Souls one so much. It is explicitly like a Demon Souls kind of callback. Um, I just think that it's, really interesting. Um, I like the way the shortcuts are used in it. I think it's a density of very useful and interesting shortcuts mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for where it's at. The idea of getting sucked through a painting, I think is badass and cool. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. surprising, like, you know, when it happened, when it, I had the option to like inspect painting and clicked <laughs> on it and then got sucked into it. It was, it is awesome. Yeah. Um, that is, a, that is a great, great, great moment. Um, they, they take some things away from you. Like you can't teleport back. So yeah, you don't get a merchant. You're trapped. <laughs> you're trapped like you know you like and and then you get to have that like you know you're you fuckers are trapped with me um kind of kind of feeling and then there's just so many like little areas of it that are like i think real uh hostile and spooky in a way that is a little bit unusual so mm-hmm. like seeing the, the the phalanx callback again just you know speaking of that um was awesome like i'm just like what the fuck is that thing <laughs> and then it lurches towards you you know and that we're finding that field full of dropped cages oh my gosh yep yeah like yeah that is just like man these things are just falling from the sky as like people are throwing prisoners into a painting <laughs> yeah. like how good is that yep um you know and then it ends with priscilla which i love who's like you know we we make a lot of fun of like the, this area is peaceful inhabitants are kind nonsense mm-hmm. uh but priscilla while not being that great of a fight has such a cool concept behind it yeah um i really like i've always liked that gimmick yeah. of priscilla while being kind of trivial to, to fight um unless you're trying to get her tail like the idea of just like oh like i just had to spot the snow like the first time i saw it i felt clever <laughs> and good you know you felt like a metal gear solid guard yeah 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 and you know you know, follow her. um <laughs> So that's uh, that's a yeah, painted world of Ariamis for me. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I, that, that was my that was my second one. I put it second. That uh, would, would have been my first, uh, if not for uh, if not for the fact that I knew that you were going to do it. Um, I love the spiral staircase to nowhere mm-hmm. um, as like a visual. The, the crow thing. things. Yep. <laughs> like those crow things are such creepy enemies. Yeah. Um, it's also, I mean, not to not to cut you off. Like the last thing I want to say about it is. It is a bastion of not 100% completed lore uh-huh. for Dark Souls 1, having, you know, having to do with Velka and anything having to do with Velka being like, you know, at least having a little bit of question mark in it. So there's a little bit of like the community being able to come up with theories that are not totally spelled out for us mm-hmm. that relate to the painted world yeah, um, and relate to, you know, even to, to Havel, you know, finding those weapons that are against the gods. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, the forbidden closet of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's very good. Mm-hmm. How about you, Cole? Oh, John, did you have any thoughts on Painted World? No, I agree. I think it's excellent. I think the boss is a very uh, interesting design, interesting concept, and interesting lore. And I like how it's set up. I, you know, I think the best thing you can do is to have a concept and have a willingness to break it. And it breaks the Internet-connected design in an interesting way. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's to their credit. Sometimes you have to know when to break the rule, and that's a great example of that. Uh, for me, this is probably not going to be a surprise to anybody. Sends. Um, okay, I thought I thought you were going to say Ash Lake. <laughs> oh no! no, no. <laughs> I need a little bit more play. I, I love Ash Lake as a uh, as an aesthetic thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like it just it will always hold a uh, place in my heart. However, um, I think that Sends is this strange oddity in the series, and we're looking at this from a wide enough point of view where it is so 
entirely about one particular thing, which is seemingly instant death. Um, and everything, uh, is kind of centered around it. There have been houses of traps kind of interspersed throughout, uh, but they have not been as intimidating nor as ruthless as this one is. That moment when you finally are able to make the run and it's a substantial portion of the area, you know, to get to the first real bonfire in this place, uh, when you're able to do it is, you know, I was more satisfied when I did that than when I beat Ornstein and Smo. <laughs> you know, yeah. there are parts of it that are broken. Instant death generally is never fun. And I also never felt like it was really, I never felt like it was anybody's fault but mine when I died because everything is so clockwork and moves in such a predictable kind of way. Um, mm. Yeah. Sends to me is this weird standout oddity in the entire series. Um, and again, if we're talking about one of the strengths of Dark Souls being that each area has its own idea, boy, does this have an idea and boy, does it stick to it. And, yes. and executes on it really well. Yes. You know, like there's, I don't think there's anything that Sens needs to do better. No. Like Sens, Sens was, is definitely on my short list in, in case I got, in case I got snaked, you know, yeah. like, um, it is, uh, it's funny how like Sens can kind of be, even if I know it, like the, you know, know it really well, it still stays intimidating. Mm hmm. To yes. me, like those, those bridges with those swinging things, like even if I know, like I, I you know, I like, you know, I speed around this game a few times. So I like I've memorized what you need to do uh -huh. to get by those. It doesn't really matter, though. No, you're still like, holding still, your breath. <laughs> yeah, you still you still hold your breath like through the whole thing. It's got that. Um, I, I guess if like the one like nitpick is I don't like the slime pit full of uh, the Titanite demons. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, yeah. That, I think it's a bit much. But up into other than that, it's it's very good. It's got everything. It's got comedy like. Mm -hmm. It's got the barrels falling down on the guy. Like, it's got the mimic. It's got the elevator uh, to the spikes. That's where you find Logan. Uh, it's full it's of where, yeah. it's like full of secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full of secrets. Like, it's, it Sens really has everything. Like, yeah, yeah. Every, it's, everything it's except the, every, everything except a really good boss. Like the the most notable thing about the oh, boss yeah. is the fact that yeah. you bring Tarkas in. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. that you can knock him off the platform. Oh yeah. Like he has an alternative kill method, which is something I always appreciate. Um. <laughs> I like the fact that it's it's a hostile environment, but it's 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 lore is to be a hostile environment, right. which is something they don't normally do. So yeah. it's uh it's consistent with what it's trying to do. And I think the boulder mechanic is very fun. It gives yeah. it adds sort of a puzzle box element to what you're doing as you're sort of working through the level. So yeah, the idea you can change the boulders and and go to different places to try and sort solve different puzzles, I think is a is a cool concept and yeah. something that definitely works. You're in a pinball machine. Oh. Yeah. Also, yeah. your first mimic, which is still an unforgettable yeah. moment in a game. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, you know the visual of seeing this gate and having Sigmire sitting outside. Yep. You know, just like kind of dejected, dejected fat kid at the end. You know, in summer, like <laughs> yeah. I see myself in this, and like it is. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Sense is is very good. I I just remember myself like standing there and having that little communication with him, and sitting there being like. Man, I bet what's in there is really cool. <laughs> yeah. And kind of feeling it just in my own heart, like I really want to open that door. That's gonna make that's gonna be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love that do, through doing the the show, we got to do the ancient city and find that like direct antecedent to this. Uh huh. Like the ancient ancient city has a like the the widow, mm -hmm. like the like the snake people have a fortress full of traps, and it was like, oh man. Yep. Um, <laughs> Welcome huh. home, Cole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sense Fortress is, is excellent. 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 Yeah. Um, what, uh, John, what do you think is, uh, the worst area or your least favorite rather? Um, I, 
I think I know what you guys are going to say, so I'm actually going to pass to you guys on that. But I think Tomb of Giants doesn't – I think the darkness is an interesting concept, um, but I think it's they took it a little too far. I don't think it works. I think mechanically it's interesting, as you said earlier when we were discussing you know, the idea you have to make a decision about how you're going to fight. I think that is worth it. But any area where I pretty much have never played it without just trying to figure out how to run through it um, – I, I I think is a little bit of a failure. I think there are worse areas, but I think I, you guys will probably pick worse areas. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tomb of Giants was my second pick, actually. And now I'm yeah. terrified that Gary is going to snake the, the, the obvious one. So <laughs> I, 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 I probably won't because I'm, I'm making it, making an attempt to, to look at them. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from a different perspective. Okay. So we, we, we can, I, I'm, you know, so you, you can say the obvious one. Uh, yeah. Or you can say whatever you want. It's no, a, no, I, I, think, I think it's worth talking about the, 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 the Tomb of Giants, though. The darkness is a good idea. I really wish it was combined with a better geometry and better enemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually like the Tomb of Giants. It, it was not on my short list. Oh. Um, I think the Tomb of Giants is interesting. Um, it also has one of my favorite set piece moments of the game. Like when you go through that thing and all the skeletons are, are like the baby skeletons, all the skeletons are caught worshiping or like stuck in the worshiping pose to the Dordy Nido's cave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the coolest things the series does as far as like a room you can walk into. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like Nito both as like a fight and concept. That's very good. Yeah. Nito, so like Nito's fight yeah. grew on me. I initially was kind of like meh on it. Yeah. Um, also being able to see both lost Isolith and Ash Lake from it. Yeah. Cool. Getting a sense that even though you are, you know, as deep in the earth as you probably have been so far, possibly um, you are still seeing new places. That connection is still there. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying that to like shit on your, your answer, John. I just, I, I disagree. I think Tomb of Giants is Oh, no, no, cool. no, no, no hard feelings. <laughs> Trust I don't think, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a silly thing to be hard. I don't think it's perfect. Like it actually has one of, I think, the worst design encounters in the game, which is the room where you get the, uh, the large, uh, holy stone or white stone. Oh, you mean stone the, the, the hell box? Yeah, the, the hell box full of terror that you can either cheese or die, uh, to get a thing that only the nichest of builds really wants to use. Um, you know, so I think that's a really terrible encounter, but it's also, it's, it's where patches kicks you off. Like there's too many things I like about it mm-hmm. for it to end up on my list. Like it's, I don't think it is in the top, you know, top five areas of the game by any yeah. means. Pa- patches is very good. I made a mistake on this run though, where I guess my heuristic was, I thought that answering yes to everything in dark souls was the way to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nope. He's, he's, clerical, yeah. He, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> patches died. He never got to turn into a spider. <laughs> um um yeah so gary do yours um so i want to make a quick mention of like i'm omitting transitory transitory spaces oh yeah so So valley of the drakes Drakes, i like i would love to give it to great hollow which i think is kind of but it still kind of counts as a transitory space yeah i find great hollow very frustrating to play through and going down there without the the lord vessel is unduly punishing Mm -hmm. um so i'm just i'm living and then royal woods is also barely an area (laughs) <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm taking some things that are like not really an area and, and discounting them. Uh, so, but I am going to say crystal cave, hmm. uh, crystal hmm. cave bums me out. Um, and it's all, uh, engine stuff. It is the fact that I think that the, the game doesn't like you walking on those angles. So I have slid off when it feels like I shouldn't slide off Yeah, yeah. too many times uh, for that. As much as I think invisible platforms are kind of cool. 
Um, I don't know why they're there. Uh, they, I was gonna. They, I was just about to say, not a lot, not a Last Crusade fan, are you? Yeah. <laughs> if only your, if, if only it was just your faith that got you through. Yeah, that would that would totally make sense. Like just your faith stat. You just pump that up. It's. Uh, I just don't know why. Like in this cave full of crystals, which I get for Seath, and I actually like. You know, I have. I don't think the Seath boss fight is any great shakes as a fight, but I think it's kind of cool. There are neat things about it. I just think that the invisible platforms feel arbitrary and the geometry made me fall to my death arbitrarily too many times Yeah, uh, for this. It's very pretty. Yeah. Crystal case uh, would have been on mine if not for the prettiness and also yeah. uh, some of the encounters in that. I like the, uh, just the ambient butterflies and also some of those golem encounters are good. The but- ambient butterflies are good. I hate fighting the golems on uneven ground, which is like where you fight most of them. So what would happen is I would block and they would just, I would go and like just get shot off the pl- the platform like scoot back <laughs> yeah. hit the invisible line where it's no longer it's not a greater degree of uh steepness mm-hmm. it's just the game decides at that point i am falling yeah yeah you know um and again in a hatefully designed thing this is also where you get uh one of the other big uh titanites or one of the other uh embers or yeah the blue or what the, have big, you. the big blue ember yeah or whatever yeah big blue ember or whatever which is very very hidden and a pain in the ass to get yeah um, I, I can't imagine someone just stumbling across that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, you would have to, you more or less have to know that that's there. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm a little bit more positive on Crystal Cave, but I totally agree that that yeah. that, that both of those are uh, the, the 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 engine problems are a real a real thing. Like the snowflakes tinkling off of the invisible <laughs> the invisible platform, it doesn't feel like enough. And yeah. Depth perception is super weird, um, especially from the camera perspective they give you. It's a weird thing where it's an area I think would be improved if it was on a later generation. Yeah. Because they would be able to kind of like hit those, uh, those engine kind of, uh, collision detection bits mm-hmm. and be able to make the audio visuals a little bit better. Yeah. As far as seeing it. It feels like, yeah. um, the only barrier between you making it or not making it is whether or not it wants to show you the orange soapstone messages that somebody has left for you to do like a point to point connect the dots kind of thing. Yeah. And they patched yeah. in that, that developer one to show you where that first bridge was because they're like, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> right. You know? um, and and I, if I wasn't discounting transitory areas, though, it'd probably be great hollow for a similar reason. Like you still fall for no reason in great hollow. Yeah. yeah. You know, just both of them are such, I think bears to play. And that's, that's what, what does it for me. Mm-hmm. What does them in for me? Yeah. Um, mine's gotta be lost Isolith. And yeah. it's not even going to be for the big lava pit area. Like that's whatever. Like that, I think that, that that's probably the easier thing to criticize. And we can. The actual body of Lost Isolith itself is no great shakes, um, either for interesting encounters um, or for just kind of like visual interestingness or navigability. You know, it's um, it's very small. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the thing I, I forget about. It. I mean, it, it, it does like I that was on my list. Obviously, it's on everyone's list. It has the defining encounter with Siegmeier, though, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the best choices you make in the game. Yes. Like I can't I can't like that is very hard for me to like, oh, sorry to cut you off in the middle of it, but like no, you specifically no. said there aren't interesting encounters. And I'm like, no, it's, there's one really, really good. Yeah. One, that, 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 that's what I mean. But like most of the time you're fighting the turd statues. The know? turd statues suck. Yeah. And it's like, I like the, uh, the NPC fight with um, one of the daughters, like the last bastion who is defending her mom. Like that is, that, that is a cool and good pyromancer fight. Um, and the design on those, on those chaos eaters are really, really good. I just think that mm-hmm. it, you know, Going through, I think I was very, I was more kind to Lost Isolith in the initial run than I, than I feel now. Um, I remember being very surprised 
at just how ramshackle the entire thing seemed to be. Um, and it feels like a real, you know, through this, through another one in the loose column, it feels like a waste of potential because the story of these uh, chaos witches is so interesting because the characters have the potential to do and say interesting things. You know, this idea of a, you know, of a swamp of, you know, this fantasy anchor Watt that is entirely subsumed by lava, like all of those things should work into their favor. But all I come away with is, you know, even realizing the very well hidden um, shortcut is still blocked by an infinitely respawning Titanite demon. <laughs> you yeah, know? Uh, it's uh, it's 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 no great shakes. Yeah, you have to do a lot of pretty annoying kind of things in it too, like that big lava pit, which we kind of glossed over really sucks. And not least of which, because if you don't find that really hidden bonfire, mm-hmm. it's a really annoying long run. And you are doing like ring fiddling. Yeah. You get to spend a lot, of, a lot of time like <laughs> fucking around in your menu. Yeah. Um, which is, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I wish that this, I think as far as like areas, it you know, wasn't my choice, but as far as areas with the most like wasted potential, mm-hmm. I think I would say this because anger lot with like trees growing through it everywhere, mm-hmm. like a weird fire and growth. Uh, you know, fire as this metaphor for unrestrained kind of growth yes. and then actual like unrestrained growth kind of coming through would have been really incredible. But instead they made a big eye searing lava pit with gigantic <laughs> half dragon butts yeah. Yeah. around. And then you fight the little turd statues, which are like not very cool. And then eventually you get to the chaos eaters and the, the pyromancer and the, the Siegmeier encounter, which is very good. Yep. But then you fight a boss, which like, you know, a lot has been said about and will be said about. Yeah. So the same thing with yeah. the, the Solaire encounter with the with the chaos bugs as well. Um, yeah, that's 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 very good actually. Yeah, that's great. That, that, that's why um, I'm putting that in the win yeah. column. Like I want to yeah. give that a give that its it, due. It's also right next to the demon ruins though, so it's a little bit <laughs> yeah. kind of close to that. Like it's right through that door. Yeah. yeah. So it can it, we can we can shunt that into the demons ruins demon ruins column too. Yeah. So. Yep. <sighs> um, best boss, like what, what boss uh, really does it for you, John? I, I thought a lot about this one. I, I'm going to say Ornstein and Smo, and here's my reason. I feel like any boss that I've never gotten to it and just knocked it out on the first try. I've never tried beaten him in less than beaten them in less than ten tries, probably. <laughs> and I feel like the real the real joy, the moment in Dark Souls, especially the first time you ever play a Dark Souls game or Souls game, but it's going to happen in all of them, is that fist pump moment where you tried to beat someone ten times and you finally do it. Yeah. Um, and it's just this area and this boss really, I always have that moment. I'm always eventually going to get to that moment where you're going to say, I, you know, I, everything came together at the right time. I performed at the right level. I did what I needed to do. It's interesting to fight two different enemies that have very different approaches at the same time. Um, it makes you really, really make instantaneous decisions. And I think it's just it's an interesting boss fight, and I think it's sort of a quintessential boss fight as well. Yeah, it, I think it's the best articulation on something they would do, kind of over and over in the series. Yeah, like where I think that it's really uh, the way those two boss uh, move sets complement each other is really strong. Yes, um, it's really yeah. obvious, right? Like it's just like one is big and slow and hits hard, and one of them's fast and doesn't hit as hard. You know, so it's very obvious, but it means that you can manage them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it and it is always a challenge, like. It's really, yes. really hard. It is meant to be uh, this kind of wake-up call. It's really the it is the challenge climax of the game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this mm-hmm. is the, you know, this is the hardest thing. And the rest of it is kind of this, you know, Dark Souls 1 has this weird structure where it kind of peaks in the middle. Um, this is as hard as the game gets, really, uh, before the DLC. And, uh, you know, it does feel like that kind of final test. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the one thing that's annoying about the fight is constantly watching Smo smash Ornstein and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. The clipping. Yeah. The, yeah. You're just sitting there being like, he is destroying me as I'm trying to run around in circle at the same time. And Ornstein is just getting completely destroyed and yeah. nothing's happening. It would be nice if there was some like, uh, like Keystone Cops kind of thing going on <laughs> where you could turn them against each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I like. I think this the, the, this fight deserves every bit of its reputation um, on either side. You know, either for its difficulty or for the for, for the exaltation. For me, you know, this is the fight that I think has gotten the least easy on repeat playthroughs, yeah. just because yeah. of the factors in play. You know, yeah. de- dealing with two enemies. You know, it's, it's kind of what we, it, it's a, it's, it's me getting my own medicine back because it's almost exactly what I do to most bosses when I co-op them is split their attention. You know, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so to have that come back and this is very, you know, kind of very obviously like showing you like, yes, co-op you dummy, like meet them on equal terms, uh, or beat them one on one and get good and be a boss. Either way, it's up to you, chief. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Uh, but, um, the moments, if you're fighting them solo or if you're fighting them together, where the shape of the fight changes from this kind of like, I'm kiting them around, trying to separate Ornstein and get as many hits in as I can till he goes down and I can focus on Smo or whatever, whatever way you want to do that. Like where you do get those moments to fight one of them one-on-one mm-hmm. and recognize how fleeting that is and just get this instant, like hot, cold, hot, cold for the way an encounter in Dark Souls can immediately change tides on you right away. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like you're going to say you get this hot coal, hot coal. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about you get hot coal, hot coal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, so, sometimes you get hot coal and then sometimes you get librarian coal. Yeah. Um, it depends. <laughs> Just on take it. off your, your motorcycle helmet that your your curls like <laughs> shake your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, hot, yeah, hot yeah, and cold. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys recall the dejecting moment the first time you beat one of them and he regained all <laughs> <Yeah>. his energy? <laughs> I, I, I was like a dunce trying to trying to wear them down equally or yeah. that just yeah. the way no, that I'm just going to finish the other one off. <laughs> yeah. And, and as, as much as I don't like how they articulate it, at the very least with like Throne Watcher and Throne Defender, they play with that idea. Right. It's an idea. I don't like how that goes at all, but they do eventually try to do something with that. You yeah. Know? Um, here, here it is, is much stronger. It's a, it's a, it's a great boss. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, like, it's, it's really the iconic boss, dude. They end up becoming kind of like mascots for this game. Yeah. In a way, like along with Solaire, you know, ONS. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so everybody expects me to say Artorius, which I love, but I'm going to take this opportunity because it's our show to talk about a different boss, uh, instead, because I've already talked oh, about Artorius. Did, did we do the same thing to each other? We just did the same thing to each other, didn't we? Fuck. We, we, we might have. I, I hope not. Um, We've got to do some honorable mentions, guys, if we mess this up. So, yeah. yeah, I just I feel like I've talked about when I talked about duels in general. Yeah. Um, I talked about how it makes Artorias so good. And I love Artorias, but um, I don't. I have another moment I want to talk about, and I want to talk about Gwyn uh, in general. Um, okay. Sorry, well, yeah. I, I didn't, mean, didn't mean to do it. To I'm in so much anguish. No, go, go. Just <laughs> we, we can both talk about Gwyn, and then we can both talk about Artorias. Okay. Um, because I think the Gwyn boss fight is the some in talking about this and preparing for this episode. 
the theme that came through, and we talked about this a lot in the first part, is that the things that Dark Souls 1 does that are special don't have to do with the combat, right? Like it is the, this, the greater than the sum of its parts aspect that is almost unique to this entry in the series. And Gwyn is a great articulation of that because it is, uh, their, you know, not their first because there's main Destroya, but like their second, but also best attempt at, at portraying, uh, their kind of storyline through mechanics, uh, through a, a boss in a way that you don't expect. Like it is very easy to say, Hey, you know what? Uh, Ornstein and Smore are very tough. We're going to make that <laughs> fight fucking hard because these are great yeah. knights. It is much braver and more subversive and neat to end your game with, Hey, this person you've been hearing about the entire time, this God you saw toss, toss lightning in the, uh, the first cutscene is a shadow of his former self. He is a pathetic wretch. Uh, the music is depressing, and this is what you're signing up for um, <laughs> if you decide to take his his place. Um, I think that is uh, infinitely brave. Um, and just that, that feeling, that moment when you come in and hear the music, like just like, you know, you're, you lose the wind in your sails, <laughs> you know, expecting something huge and just getting this. There's no pop uh, in circumstance. There's no cutscene like we've seen before. Like, this is a very yeah. boss cutscene heavy game. Um, yeah. And yeah. here we just have this shaggy hot dog monster in a crown, this tarnished crown running directly at you as sad piano music yeah. plays. Yeah. Just, just, uh, you know, absolutely insane. The lighting in there is really, really good. Um, he's just, you know, he's, he's lost it and you can see in interviews, they originally wanted to have Gwyn be a thing where it's like, Oh, any play style, mm -hmm. you know, this game does have a really great variety of play. And they're like, we wanted a boss that will support that. So if you're playing as an archer, you can fight him as an archer. If you're playing as a sorcerer, you can play him as a sorcerer. They couldn't pull that off. And in the face of not being able to do what they wanted, they ended up doing something better instead, which is just <laughs> like, Hey, what if this is just, uh, you know, this is a, a an anti-climax. You know, and it's not just like the, it's not like real King Alant anti-climax. This is actually the, the final encounter. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's still a little bit of challenging, you know, a little bit challenging, but it's pathetic. It's got that yeah. quiet, sad dignity that like, you know, we all picked up on in the design works book, um, that has informed the, the best parts of the series the whole time. Yeah. So lo lo love me some Gwen, uh, holistically. <sighs> yeah. Snaked. So. Uh, I said, I'm snaked it buddy <laughs> okay you can say uh i don't know who gives a shit quay like and then go no no just fade away yeah. <laughs> john did you have anything because, because like gary you, you covered all my points you hit all of it so i, I apologize yeah. it wasn't doing that no no i think i i agree i think it's a very it's a brave choice it worked out really well i was um on my list, most recent run i was very close to defeating them on the first try and thinking about how perfectly they balance this out failed. And it took me about five more shots, but yeah, <laughs> the concept <laughs> still exists. He is not, he is less than the sum of his parts and um, which is interesting. And it kind of reinforces the decision you're about to make. Yeah. Yeah. They also, the first time I played it and I've talked to, told the story before, but like I didn't know how to parry. So I had to fight him as like a, a, a boss and he's actually yeah. very challenging mm -hmm. uh, in that respect. And the run up to him is super elegant because you fight these black knights that drop high level upgrade material. Mm -hmm. So you have this yep. little, this run you're doing over and over where you're like, you're going to get your equipment all the way up just kind of yeah. naturally. You're yeah. doing yeah. it. So. Yeah. And like, it's a difficult fight because I think it's, he sticks out to me at least as a very, very aggressive enemy. Yeah. Um, mindlessly. So, I mean, obviously like even that yeah, he's, he will chase you and he will give you 
there's very little refuge. You have to use the geometry a little bit to try and if you need to, you know, use some Estes, you have to sort of figure out a time it and timing taking Estes with him is as hard as timing hitting him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's very yeah. challenging. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. Artorius, I guess. Artorius is very good though. <laughs> don't say it like you don't love it, man. Artorius <laughs> is amazing. Artorius is great, but I feel like we talk so much. About yeah, I, I just beat him. I, I just beat him for the first time last week. Oh, and, oh um, yeah, yeah, John, yeah, talk, to, I, talk about that a little bit. Like, what well, is I don't it want like to, to... No, no, no. I, here's my only comment on it that I thought was interesting. I, I opened up my new game plus, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go and do this DLC I had not really gotten into before. And um, I got to it, and I was not going to beat Art, Artorius on the new game plus. I was like, all right, let's start a new game, <laughs> <laughs> a new game not plus. Uh, eventually, got to him. Uh, I, what I really liked about him as a, as a boss is most bosses you can break down and say this is either a monster or this is a duel, right? And it's two different genres. He is both. Mm-hmm. He you yeah. really fight him like he's both. He fights like a duel, but he is huge and has effects that are not you know typically associated with duel the way you know his broad attacks and things. I I think it's an excellent fight yeah. and um, an excellent character and really it's. Some of the, he is he's the highlight of some of the best DLC any game has ever made. Yeah. Um. So look looking at him in the broader the broader t- context of the series, um, which is this is a useful opportunity to do. Um. He is obviously the template for some of the most notable fights in the rest of the game. You can always know when you walk in just by clocking somebody's silhouette and animations. Oh, this is going to be the Artorias, or this is going to be an Artorias. Mm-hmm. Um. Something that this does. Is bring variety, like interfight, inter no intrafight variety, um, without having discrete phases. If there are discrete phases based on damage, I, I'm not really sure, like where they actually hit. But it is not like he becomes far more capable with each one of those. He degrades over the course of the fight based on how much he needs to call on this power that has corrupted him. He, uh, if he, if he pulls, if he does the charge up, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, he does do more damage. Yeah. So it does kind of have, but his moveset doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use that against him too. So when he tries to use that, that power, like you can punish him for it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like it is, it is a trade off for him to kind of like cash that in. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, I just, I feel like I've talked about him to no, no end. Like, this, you know, I think this is the perfect articulation. This is the right amount of moves to expect a player to learn, the right amount of harshness. Like, this is the perfect Dark Souls duel. Yeah. Um, um, the aesthetics of this are extremely on point, too. Uh, the fact that you come here after, you know, probably after having done Sif. You can, you can do this before Sif. But um, you're coming in, you know, with that dignity in mind and seeing the mirror um, yeah. happen um, makes this incredibly emotional as you see him already diminished at the start. You know, one yeah. arm just kind of like limply hanging there, but understanding that he is immensely capable. Um, there's a tremendous amount of pathos to his entire presentation that yeah. um, that I think is to be treasured. Can we give <laughs> Sif an honorable mention? Of course. I mean, oh, I Sif thought is Sif, great. it's a great boss. And it's just it's an it's not it's not difficult really either. But I just when you talk about the imagery of a game and something that kind of sticks with you. With the sword in the mouth is <laughs> <laughs> just so it's bizarre, but it is so quintessential and so interesting. And the the lore connection makes him one of the most interesting fights in the game. Yes. Yeah. 
Sif is great. And it also, it does that kind of thing through me, through mechanics, like Sif, uh, learning to fight from Artorias, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like when you, when I picked that up where I was like, Oh, like, you know, he's, he's using a variation on, on the same, you know, they're using a variation on the same set of moves. <laughs> like that's an extremely cool moment. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're complimentary. The only, the only thing that keeps Sith kind of like at the very top, off of the very top of my list or off the tip of my tongue, um, is the fact that Artorias came in and I think did a better call me, um, humanist, like race speciesist or whatever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think that, I think that Artorias plays just a little bit better. Uh, but they both have pathos and spades and that is a yeah. strength of this game. Yeah, it definitely plays, he definitely plays a little bit better. That's like the biggest thing because our Sif also has the moment, you know. Yeah. Like the moment in question where he like, you know, starts limping around. That is yeah. incredibly good. Um, Sif is very good. I think Sif, Sif can get a collective honorable mention from all of us. Yes. Yeah. Um, that fight is, is fantastic. So, um, who, uh, who sucks, John? <laughs> uh, Bed of Chaos sucks. I, I know. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't pick another one. <laughs> no, you really can't. You really can't. <laughs> I, I was my most recent playthrough. I I realized, you know, the way they designed it, you can actually essentially do cumulative damage to it because you have to because it's so poorly designed. And <laughs> oh, it, it doesn't really feel like damage. a boss fight. It feels like you're playing as you're going in. I don't know why I, I you know about the seventh try I beat him, but I don't know or that's not even fair. Seventh try I was able to get along the right side and somehow avoid getting knocked into a pit. And it felt like playing Russian roulette. It, I don't know what I did different the sixth time or seventh time that I didn't do the first five times, but it suddenly worked. I was a, and there's no real fight there. It's not really a puzzle. I don't know what the concept is. Um, it fails entirely. <laughs> the concept is this enemy is so big and it can attack the entire, the, the entire arena pretty much. Uh, it builds into instant death, uh, that the camera breaks. <laughs> like that's its whole thing. The camera cannot out. cope with this. Yeah. 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 It, it comes into the same problems that you run into with the crystal caverns and with the, um, the great hollow too, yeah. where it's like just staying like platforming is not fun in these games. Like, yeah. you know, the, the rafters of Orlando is good because they're all kind of straight shots. Uh, this is like, there's places where you can like the number of times I fell on the, um, the branch you have to actually fall onto oh, in this and still slid off for no reason. <laughs> um, that is that's such a huge bummer. Terrible. Um, yeah. This this guy's rough. I've been a bed of chaos defender before just because of how cool it looks, <laughs> right. which I think is it does look incredibly cool. The story behind it is very cool. It's it's pretty much ass to play. Like it is it's the worst puzzle boss, you know, in the series. Yeah. Like worse, the, worse than Dragon God, with it worse than than any of the other ones. Dragon, like it's pretty Dragon bad. God at least articulates as a stealth thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then Arkham Asylum would knock it off and do it for every single scarecrow encounter in all of the uh, <laughs> Arkham city or Arkham asylum. But like it is a uh, dragon God is cool. This is not cool. Um, there, I mean, there's even within it though, I think it speaks to the kind of quality of how good dark souls one is where like, even within this really shitty boss fight, there are cool moments mm-hmm. like finding yeah. the bug yeah, inside yeah. having this little pathetic wretch. That's kind of, you know, scurrying around. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Too much instant death. I don't like instant death in my boss. Yeah, I don't like instant death. Give me, give me instant death in a, in in a stage. Like, sends is fine. Here, when the pressure is very much up and there's just almost no time to survey the actual run I need to do, it's, uh, it does not feel good. Does not feel like a good use of time. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, for a bad boss, this is tough because I like all almost all the bosses in this game for like something, but I have to give it to Seath the Scaleless, uh, who is the biggest boss you fight uh, in this game up until Calamite um, and Manus, and is the one where the camera gets in my way more than other times. Like you, you have your face full of tentacle. Um, you are trying to attack him and it is a pain in the dick to maneuver the camera so that you can see if he's going to do one crystal attack versus another one. Mm -hmm. Um, the crystal attack builds up curse, which is like too harsh of a, a punishment. Um, you know, for this, like you're lucky if you die before the curse happens, which usually I am, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you can get cursed there. So you come back with half health, like curse is overly harsh in general. Um, I just don't like the way this fight articulates. Again, there are cool moments within it, like all of the things. So there's like smashing the crystal is cool. Um, I like the soundtrack. I think the sound, song for this guy is actually one of the few like really melodic uh, Big Bombast yeah. songs. But I have to say, see the scale is. Yeah, I had trouble with it. No. Mostly as a fight. Then my, uh, my runner up is Four Kings, which I also have a hard yeah. time with and don't like that much. But see the sale is it's like camera problems rather than like. You know, it just being this thing that I think is a little bit tuned a little bit too hard. <laughs> the motion sickness problems. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that too, for sure. Yeah, I don't know that I have anything to add about Seath. I, uh, you know, like you are a defender of the Beta Chaos, I think I'm a bit of a Seath defender. Um, the way his base shaped, I think, is very um, just kind of non-conducive to actually, to actually uh, attacking it the way that uh, you would normally attack it. Mm. Yeah. Not a not a fan. Get, trying to get his uh, tail was one of my most frustrating souls memories. Yeah, that like, and uh, like, Calamite's tail are the ones that I hear uh, the most uh, kind of like stories of frustration about. Yeah, they're both pretty tricky. So, yeah. I mean, as much as I, we all miss tails, like that is a cool thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, there are some of them where it's like it's you just want to say, ah, forget it, man. It's Chinatown. Like, don't go after totally. it. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> there are some don't. tales you should not try to get. The pink tail, one. Uh, Calamite's yeah. tail, two. Yeah. Seath's tail, three. Yeah. Priscilla's tail, four. <laughs> um, the Seath's tail, you get the Moonlight Greatsword. It's like, I, I wanted that. So Yeah. Well, it's such a good yeah. weapon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did, I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, Capra. Yeah. <sighs> we, 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 I feel like we have this. We just did our boss. Our bottom bosses thing. That's the the top ten that you and I did. Yes, yes. yes. Um, I won't relitigate my entire case because that's available if somebody wants to hear it. Um, two things about this that I don't like: again, instant or quick death. I know what the boss is trying to teach you, um, but again, we have this geometry geometry problem because the entire fight is designed around this incredibly awkward uh, kind of uh, area, the stage that you're fighting him in, um, and two. Uh, I do not like these spikes, these walls that keep people away from seeing the rest of the game, especially because this is a fight that is keeping you out of the depths. Like it is a critical path fight. If you are trying to get down to that side of, you know, of Blight Town, like if you have not taken the master key, you have to go through this. And I have heard way too many stories of people bouncing off of this. Um, and that sucks. Like, yeah, that I is... probably had a four month break after <laughs> getting stuck at Capra and then yeah. coming back and finally beating it. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> if it's a matter of putting this in a slightly different arena or getting way more people to see more of this cool game, uh, I think that arena comes with way too high of a cost. Yeah. It is empowering when you fight the same creatures later and 
they're pretty readily handled. Now, obviously, the arena is the factor there and the dogs. <laughs> right. Um, but but it, it is empowering later when you fight them. Yeah. You can kill scores of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, 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 my defense of Capra is in that episode that Cole mentioned. Yes. So rather than, I like, I don't, I don't mind Capra that much. I think it is, it is okay. Um, partly is just because like I, I, there are other things I had a huge difficulty spike with. I did not have as big a difficulty spike with Capra as I think most people did. Mm-hmm. Like it was hard. It was yeah. hard and it was a pain in the ass, but like I lucked out or whatever. Like some, something good happened to me. Yeah. I just, I, I hate not getting a chance, uh, to learn a thing before I die. Yeah. And I just, yeah. you know, it, it killed me so quickly, uh, those first times that just my distinct memory is not being able to get enough information to figure out how to get better. right yeah. to know what you're doing wrong. What they really should have done is not have that boss run up be long at all. Right. right. Like if, if they want to teach this thing about kind of shock and bombast and like, you know, shield stability, like through preparation, I wish they had just made it so you could actually just go right in yeah you know um yeah yeah it's also something too that instant death factor is frustrating with um summons Mm -hmm. like if you decide to give up and bring in a summon like your summons (laughs) just as likely to get killed that initial barrage too yeah and you know with me with my anxieties i don't want to summon somebody in waste 10 minutes of their life just for me to get in there and die instantly by getting caught in between these uh these enemies yeah Yeah. for sure like it, it is it is could definitely be articulated a lot better uh, that I would agree with. No. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are, John, what are two things kind of general, uh, you know, they can be moments, characters, uh, weapons, they can be anything, uh, that you think are bummers about Dark Souls 1? <laughs> I sort of have a, one, one of them is sort of a personal one. I was, um, the first time I got to the end of the game, I had, uh, defeated Gwyn. And, you know, I played, I played Demon Souls. I knew enough about these games to, hey, I'm going to walk around and see what's interesting here before I uh, rekindle the flame. So I'm walking around trying to see if there's any interesting things you can find. Oh, no. And I walked out the door and had <laughs> made a decision. <laughs> uh, Ma'am. And, and I was, I was like, what, what just happened? What? And, you know, and it, there is no, you know, redemption. You're a new game plus, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it for you. And that was just such a, like, if you can give me a button prompt to say, hey, rekindle the flame, mm-hmm. isn't, couldn't there be a button prompt saying, walk away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just a mechanical thing that really, like, yeah. kind of was pretty, kind of spoiled a little little on me at the time. So um, not a major issue. And I love this game so much, none of my things are going to be major issues. So yeah. Um, the other thing I, I think deserves comment we were the interconnected world is the strength of this game and we've talked about that but i think when they break that we talked about the painted world i think that worked well i i understand why they had to do something with the asylum because it's a remote location but the the process of getting from an orlando to sense fortress and back just seemed like it seemed like they took the best part of the game and it broke for them that didn't seem like a, a very eloquent choice. I don't, you know, and it seemed like they could have done something more interesting there. Yeah. And so I always thought that kind of broke one of the strengths of the game in an unnecessary way. And then if I could have one more, I would say I despise the Anne Orlando run with the, the knights and the, the, uh, the bow knights that, you know, skeleton knights. Mm-hmm. I, one of the trickier parts of the game, it seems arbitrary when you succeed. It seems arbitrary when you fail. Um, you're the trying bone, to run the, up. A, oh, bone knight. I think you said bone. Yeah, well, bone they're knights. skeletons. So I guess they are skeletons, right? 
No, they're, they're um, like the silver, of armor. Like the they're silver, illusions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, only yeah, the, only yeah. a couple of them are illusions. A lot of people have corrected us on that. Yeah. The, the Anne Orlando archers. Yeah. The Anne Orlando archers. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean. I wasn't saying that to be pedantic. I just wanted to make sure I knew what you meant. No, 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 no. I want. Yeah. I want. No. I, but you know what I'm referring to. It's the, yes. the run up to getting into the the actual proper Anne Orlando. It's it's one of the most annoying parts of every time I play through. I dread it when I'm getting there, and I think it's just it's a it's poorly designed. It's a wall. Yeah. 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 It's, it's another wall that I have a weird Stockholm syndrome or not <laughs> appreciation for. Like, I like the archers. I don't think the archers are so bad. Yeah. But yeah. that's just me. I don't, uh, don't take that away from anyone who, uh, no, who does. No, because, sure. because those are hours that some people spent on it. Yeah. Because no, I'm not a monster. So <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you know, but I personally, I, I feel, I feel like I figure those out pretty, pretty well. Um, and, you know, ended up, end up liking them. It is really difficult, though. Yeah. So I cannot argue with that. Um, it was tricky. It took a long time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, the moment where Seath kills you. Yeah. Um, instantly. Like uh, that whole thing. I get what they're going for. And I think it's really poorly handled. <laughs> um, you know, it is. Uh, it, it sucks. It sucks that uh, in a game that is at least somewhat predicated on, you know, not having that like where it's like oh my mistakes are what killed me mm-hmm. you know the game doesn't to just kind of take you know do this kind of narrative thing which i think is kind of neat uh but they i wish there was a way to articulate it the same way they do it in bloodborne with the um you know with the the guy who kidnaps you and takes you to the the, the jail right um as opposed to you know here where it's like you just have to die you know yeah that sucks that's not super fun mm-hmm. um you know i just uh, i think i think that that kind of sucks and uh, as much as I like the jail, I like waking up in it. Um, and once you know it's coming, you can prepare for it. The first time it happens, it kind of blows. Yeah, God help you if you walk up there with any number of souls on your person. So they give you that ring right outside the gate, which like you, you, <laughs> have, to, you have to know to put on. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to know like the game is talking to you then. Yeah. And I don't think it does a great job of no really even underlining that. Yeah. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a shitty moment. And then uh. I mean, the other thing, like, and these are all, uh, you know, super minor, like, not that big a deal. And I already talked about it a little bit, but just it's the other thing I don't like. Because um, it's a testament to how much of this game I think is actually, everything kind of has something good to recommend it. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Great Hollow Climb, specifically. Oh, I know that's a level, but it's kind of, this is our catch-all category. Mm-hmm. The time when I went down to the bottom of that thinking I was progressing, <laughs> and yeah. then having to just, like, and you find literally nothing down there. Like, right. I know that, uh, I like Ash Lake. I don't like it as much as, as Cole does, but I like it. It has no gameplay purpose for being there. And going down there uh, to just find a dead end and a covenant that I have no interest in joining, and then just having to make that tedious, tedious, difficult walk back up yeah. um, through, like, a real pot potpourri of enemies. You know, just kind of like we, and and here's the rest um, down there. I think that is such a bummer. Um, you know, for a thing that the game doesn't do anything to discourage you from from doing, like you could have, if you're going to break the world design and do like a Seath teleporting you thing, like just when you get down to the bottom, teleport me back to Firelink. Yep. Fuck it, I don't care. Like you know, or have it connect to uh, the the catacomb or the you know tomb of the giants or something. We can or see have some goblins have... fly down there and pick you up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, like you, you, there's just a lot of things you could do to make that not, you know, not yeah. tedious. Yeah, don't don't make um, a potentially game running thing, uh, ru- ruining thing rather, um, accidental. 
Yeah. You know, like there is somebody who probably made it down to the bottom of Upper Blighttown, took a left instead of a right, hit that invisible wall, um, and then just kind of like proceeded. And they are, they are in the first third of the game trying to deal with that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for mine, uh, the two bummers that I have, the run up to Seath, uh, which I understand includes the, uh, the Crystal Cave. Crystal Cave, I, I'm not as down on it as Gary is. I wish there was some kind of bonfire, uh, to make that, uh, not as much of a concern, uh, when you die against Seath, and you will probably die against Seath, especially if you're trying to get his tail. Um, even though Crystal Cave is not a gigantic area, it is a huge calorie burn to try and get through. Mm. Uh, it, it requires a lot of attention, a lot of energy. Um, you know, you are walking on eggshells the entire way. Um, the fact that you have to, you know, the closest bonfire is back in the Duke's archives, um, makes that much more of a run than I would want to invest in, especially compared to the other kind of, you know, of those big four Lords fights that you do. Yeah. That's a shitty run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one is more of just something I miss from the broader context of the series. I really miss being able to revive to human from anywhere. Yeah, like that <laughs> that is a change yeah. to the structure and pace of this game where, like, if you're going to want to summon somebody for a fight, which no matter how OK at this I get, at least compared to how I started, I will want to summon somebody. Uh, you have to commit to it right when you rest, uh, you know, from your safe haven as opposed to everywhere else. I never even noticed this was uh, a difference when I played these other games <laughs> that, uh, you know, they just would let you get up to the fog wall and then turn human and wait. Um, that is a bit of a bummer and it was something, it's something that I wish was like backboarded. I, I understand it's a bad idea. There are people who like that particular aspect of this, but it was a real kind of like eye opener for me. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's the kind of thing, depending on how you're playing, like you could go through the game and not run into it Yep. that much, but, uh, when you do run into it, you're going to notice. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a good idea that from two onward you would just be able to you know do that just pop a thing from, yeah from your uh, from your inventory yeah. Yeah. it's weird too because you can pop a thing even when you're already human yep um, and you can do it and not turn yourself human which is a difference between three like three the item turns you human but if you're already human you can't use it mm-hmm. um, but here it, like it becomes this it's again it's the dark side of that strength of having everything be a multi-purpose item yeah because it is yeah. also just that powerful heal. Um, you know, but I, I want this other aspect for it. I don't want to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, three awesome things. Um, I'll start with just smaller things. Um, I pyromancy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously I, I believe this is the introduction of pyromancy. They obviously mm-hmm. expanded more into other types of magic. Um, and you know, magic equivalent things that are not just sorcery. They later did hex builds and things like that. But, Pyromancy is cool. It just it adds a different element to the game. It you don't have to scale it. You you just have to dump souls into it. You don't have to scale it to any particular thing. So you can combine it with whatever you want to do, whatever kind of character you want to do. It allows entry level players a different approach to things. It gives you a, a little bit of range combat, even if you want to do a a bigger build. So I think pyromancy is a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it, um, it's worth talking about pyromancy how it fits into Dark Souls One versus the other other sure. games. Like sure, it is, absolutely. it is something it's, it's meant to be like an addendum. Like it's meant to be, you can always dabble in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they took that out because it broke the PVP. But as previously mentioned, like, I don't really, that doesn't apply to me. 
I don't care about the PvP, so I liked having that some, being something I could just kind of dabble in whenever I wanted. Yeah, in in yeah. PvE, like <laughs> pyromancy is so limited in terms of like just its speed and how far it can hit that yeah. um, it's like situationally risky in a way that sorcery is not. So it like benefits from having this uh, from having this ability to just kind of like invest in it no matter how, no matter how much you want to, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good answer. Absolutely. Um, another thing, and this isn't necessarily just to this game, but one, one really interesting choice I think they made is, uh, you know, good game design is when you don't have to grind. But we earlier, we talked about the idea that you can control your own difficulty. I think they've, they've consciously put in some grindy parts into this game that allow you, if you're really stuck, there's nothing worse than just being like, Hey, we're going to make our game hard and get good. And that's (laughs) it. And I, so I kind of appreciate for the new player, they give you that chance a little quicker in demon souls. As I, we talked about earlier, you have to get through one, one before you can even really do that. Yeah. And so it's a huge wall that a lot of people will never get to. <laughs> um, and so I think that's, you know, I think that's a good thing. The, the fact they give you that option. Um, I, you know, I've often wondered, um, is it the crest of Astora? They, you know, I often wondered if they, if they did that on purpose, if they included that as a way to, you know, give you access to some, somewhere where you have access to higher, higher, you know, return, Oh, Light. that gets you into the into the forest ranger um, yeah. side of Dark Root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's nice they did that. I think it was a con- it's a little bit of a concession, and it, it it gives you that opportunity to try and do something different. And then I think we've talked a lot about at the beginning um, the interconnected world and all this, but the innovation of the bonfire, um, the whole theme of your show, the intro to your show is you know some of our landings were desperate adventures. Now we are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. The rhythm of this game, when you first start going, and I think you mentioned like the first two thirds of the game, when you're you're still learning it, you're still getting into it. Mm-hmm. That rhythm of I've got to get to a certain point, I've got to get to a certain point, and you know it's almost like an old like a bad gym coach being like, as long as you work harder and do better than last time, then the next time you're going to be the best player in the world. But it's true in this game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as you're always doing a little bit better, you reget your souls, you build yourself up. Um, that bonfire system is amazing and it, and it ties in that this idea that you're going out there and at the beginning, you know, you're not going to get to the next bonfire, but you're learning the mechanical skill that is this game. A lot of this game, when you first start, it's just mechanically learning how it works in your, your own rhythm and timing. Um, you know, once you learn how to play a souls game, you will automatically be better at every other souls game as you play it. <laughs> um, and as you, as you develop that competence, then you're prepared to, to deal with what you come up with and what you're going to have to fight. And then when you overcome things, there's that real euphoria. Yeah. And um, I think the bonfires allowed that feeling um, in a way that really has become quintessential to the game and to, to all of the derivative games after it. Yeah. You, I think, yeah. are the only guest who has called attention to the FDR quote that we used to open the show. However, you are you are in one of two episodes that will not feature that quote. This and that. You're here on two of them. You're on the two episodes that won't feature that quote. It's really cool how you pulled that off. Yeah. Uh, Shit. Did I, did I interpret it correctly? Or you, you, did, you, guys... yeah, you did. You, you interpreted why, why, uh, picked those, uh, from the 30th, bon- or sorry, the 30th fireside chat from FDR. June 12th, 1944. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You did research. Good. Yeah, but I, from the very beginning, when I first episode I ever heard that quote, it, it clicked with me. I was like, I understand what they're saying, yeah. and I understand where they're going with this. So, yeah, I thought it was a great choice. He's a great president. <laughs> um, yeah. he, uh, 
Yeah, is that is that three? I don't remember. I, I don't have. Uh, I, I agree with those things. I have nothing to. It was bonfires and it was uh, grindy bits. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I like all those things. Yeah. Um, as well. Uh, so I'm gonna uh start start small and go go slightly bigger. Um, the small one is uh pretty much everything with Dark and Orlando. Um, as a moment, like the the coolness of like, can I actually do this? Oh shit, I can. <laughs> Oh shit, that happened. <laughs> oh shit, there's through. a new boss. Yeah. Oh shit, that's a, you know, a new story element. Um, you know, that kind of comes through, like, this recontextualizes everything that came through. Um, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, that is just like, you know, the, one of the first video games I've had happen this, contrast this with, um, you know, I keep bringing it up in, in comparison, uh, cause it's worse. I keep thinking about Oblivion and like the first time in Oblivion where I was like, can I kill Patrick Stewart? <laughs> and you, uh, you stab him. And he falls down and he's just sleeping for a little bit until he gets back up and acts like nothing happened. <laughs> like, fuck you, Oblivion. Like, you know, I, I get that you have essential things and they do that better in Morrowind. I get it. But for here, like, it takes it and rolls with it in a way that is uh, just really, really cool. Yeah. I think. And, um, like, it seems high cost. It seems very notable that you are going to irrevocably change an entire area. But you can only do that once you're done with it. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you're going to have to go to the painted world. Um, and that's just something you're going to have to deal with at that point. But like, they, they, they know how to give you the full brunt of that sense of kind of like consequence without actually taking anything meaningful away from you for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you, uh, there's other than PVP, there's just no reason not to do it. Like right. I like the Gwendolyn fight a whole lot. It's very not cool. enough to be in like my top three, but I think it's a really cool fight. Um, and I think that it's just the fact it goes in with that painted world thing where it's like, this is really cool content they have hidden from people. Yeah. People are going to get through this game without actually playing this. This is one of the cooler things about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, um, people are going to go out in search of stuff about dark souls um, you know, yeah. message boards and stuff. They're going to hear, wait, Dark Anna Orlando, that's weird. And they're going to start up a new playthrough to go and do that again. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A, a moment I love um when we did the episode on that and we had Bob Mackie on and he did not know about Dark Anna Orlando. Yes. I'm not saying that he dunked <laughs> on him because like no, no. we made it our job to to learn about the series. That's why we knew it. Um but it's just like the fact that somebody who it's their favorite area, it's one of their favorite games could not know this is just confident. You know, that is that is good good developer. Stuff. And that's yeah. something that, like, I talked a lot about things that they stopped doing in the series. They've kept that actually pretty well. Um, most of the games mm-hmm. have some kind of like significant secret or hidden area, yeah. you know, that they've, uh, they've, you know, kept from people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's a value that the company has that they're really good at. Yeah. Um, the uh, second one I want to say is, is a little bit vague, but I'm going to say uh, general weirdness. <laughs> um, and this is exemplified. The weirdest thing is the grub. Uh, thing that can happen, getting the uh, the parasite mm-hmm. in your head, the changing your kick out yeah, animation where you yeah. shoot a grub, being egg burdened, egg burdened yeah. in general, uh, but having um, that kind of weirdness uh, is extremely cool mm-hmm. uh, to me. Just like, oh, that is in a really, re- I guess that's like the biggest example I can come up with. The other things too, like those oysters on legs are very weird. The chaos eaters are very weird. <laughs> yeah. um, but that like egg burden thing is so good. It's a status you have to deal with. You know, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's right a, up there with curse. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a terrible thing that there are tons of advantages to having. Same thing with curse, right? Like in, yeah. in an off off way where you that's how you get through uh, New New Londo. Um, 
you know, like them taking these kind of uh, having secret kind of upsides to these bad things um, is just very strange um, from a design perspective. And that's something that they've largely given up. There's nothing as cool and weird as Egg Burton in any of the games that came after this. Like, that is so cool. Yeah. Like, Egg Burton touches a lot of other stuff. Again, interconnection um, in a way that, like, climbing into the cage on the back of that one dude in the settlement does not. Like, that is one weird little scene. Like, it's not something that pops up over and over again. Yeah. And the things you get from that, like, that is a weird moment that's, like, a little bit strange. But it's, like, it doesn't, the logic to get there is just, like, not attacking a dude. Yeah. The Egberton thing, it's, like, that's how you get past, you can run into a guy who hints at it. (laughs) Like, you you run into uh, Ingbert, Ingy, and he's, like, hey, you know, you don't have the gift or whatever. And, like, you can kind of intuit it. Yeah. You know? You can see um, he's wearing a very strange backpack and seems to be have a, yes. having a lot of posture problems at the moment. Yeah. He, he's such a terrible character, like in, in, a, in a good way. Like he's yeah. such a, like a, he's a shit. Yeah. Um, I, I love Inky. Um, and then the last one, this is super cheesy. I'm going to say bonfire side chat. Oh yeah. Uh, it's the fact that we did this show and everything that came from it Dude. is resultant of the, the ambient qualities of this game. Dude, I've, I have been so emotional about this all day. Like, yeah, yeah. It is, Don't do this it, to me, man. Yes, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I'm gonna, just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it my, my goal to make everyone cry. It is not not my goal. I just think that the best you could, you tried your best. (laughs) It is, uh, it is, you know, it's really crazy. And we're gonna talk about this more at the end of the next episode. Um, but it's very, very crazy to think of something as silly and, uh, flimsy and inconsequential as a video game having this big of an impact on my life. Yep. Um, which it did. So uh, that is uh, something I will forever be thankful to the Dark Souls one for, you know, and it's specific to Dark Souls one. Yeah. You know, if if uh, I feel like if we had gotten into Demon Souls, I don't know if it would have been if it would have had enough of those ineffable qualities to mandate what we did. You know, it is is a perfect storm of us both already being uh, on the same, you know, already working on Watch Out for Fireballs and then both feeling the same amount of passion for this exact same thing that supported what we wanted to do. You know, it is a nice coincidence. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for making me follow that. Yes. <laughs> I'll cut it in at the end. Okay, cool. Um, I'll cut it in under, uh, over FDR. <laughs> um, so uh, three things I think are great. The floor of the drained new Londo ruins. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I was taken aback by how shocking that still was. Um, it is, I think... One of the singularly most upsetting images in the entire series that has been full of some pretty upsetting images. We just talked about having a parasite live on your head. Now, like, that's kind of upsetting in a body horror kind of way. That is not as upsetting as just having human bodies as sediment. These glistening, yeah. half-rotten, you know, just... Yeah. Like, waxy. Na- naked bodies just clinging to stuff, you know, just wherever they... Wherever they happen to land as the water rushed out, um, it is remarkably gross. It's really something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's a uh, yeah. I love that moment so much. And and you, uh, you know, you, the water was just a hazard. Like I didn't really know I was going to go down there. Right. <laughs> you know, and then you go down there, and it's like, oh, this is what they did. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Man, that's real good. I think the first half of the New Londo Ruins gets in the way of appreciation of the second half. Like, I think that once you are out of Ghost Town, 
uh, it, it ends up being a, a pretty fun level. Like dealing with the uh, the dark wraiths is good. Like the yeah. storytelling there is actually very satisfying, and like the mechanical play is very good. Like even those uh, balls of corpses that'll slow you are interesting mechanically, right? And goofy and yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the floor of New Londo. Yeah, I know that's a level, but like that is one particular thing that me, you know, uh, that, that myself as a horror fan, I am uh, just a uh, man. Every time I see it. Every time. Uh, number two, the Moonlight Butterfly music slash the Dark Sun Gwendolyn movement uh, music, rather. Um, <laughs> again, it's a little bit like the uh, the False Idol uh, kind, of, mm. kind of track. Like, this is what comes to mind for me for, like... Dark Souls music and whatever composer they use, I feel ridiculous that after nearly, you know, nearly five years, I don't remember their name, um, that they were able to do something this moody, uh, this atmospheric and that's, uh, this weird, um, and that they were able to use it in two entirely different contexts that heightened both of those boss fights. Yeah. Which, uh, like, the Moonlight Butterfly is not a wonderful boss fight on its own. Like, I like it mm-hmm. because it is creepy, and I think butterflies and moths are creepy. Yeah. Um, but the music is a big part of what makes it. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, my final one, uh, I just called Tangential Online Things, which are online components that are not related to combat or directly confronting um, or working with another person. I am speaking specifically of hearing the bells ring in the parish. Um, mm. And seeing the statues of other people's player characters after they have been cursed. I think that, you know, this might have been some kind of function of the way the servers worked, why they got away from this, um, you know, in later entries of the, uh, of the series. Going back to this, though, this made the world feel much more alive and made me feel the presence of other players as kind of a detail that made everything richer as opposed to looking at um, other people playing the game, either as benefits or threats. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I mean, I would also add the little miracle circle. Yeah. Yeah. That comes yeah. through like as, as one of those things, it's a little bit more obscure, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of the same idea where it's like the narrative aspect of the multiple worlds thing, like magic is leaking through, mm-hmm. you know, sound is leaking through uh, other than just like, you know, uh, uh, people are leaking through to help you with a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just, I want to take this moment here. It's weird to give a runner up in a, in a category that has so many entries already. Um, I finally got a Balder side sword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I posted a picture of it and people were like, Oh my gosh, finally. And then people were just like, uh, earnestly evaluating the strengths and weaknesses of that weapon. And it's like, no, this is so much more. This is so yeah, much more. Yeah, kind of missed the point, guys. <laughs> the, uh, it's, it, it's those helpful people on, on Twitter who, uh, answer joke questions with the real answer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah. Um, um, I got a Balder side sword, but I've only ever seen one vagrant. So, yeah. oh man, vagrants. That's, I gotta uh, add that to my weirdness thing too. Yep. How do, how do we not, we almost didn't talk about vagrants, guys. Yep. <laughs> like, that's, that's why like, I put it in. I was waiting for yeah. us to do it. Another shout out to Illusory Wall for like his uh-huh. thoroughness, like tire. I feel like I'm thinking somebody who's working down in a soup kitchen, like his tireless efforts with, for the vagrant community. Yep. Um, <laughs> he's, like, he's done really good work. <laughs> Oh God! You, was that on purpose? No, I mean it was when I start. I realized it part way through. I started to say it. So, okay, thank you. Um, 
Yeah, I was. I didn't have that teed up. <laughs> okay, cool. But the um, yeah, it's uh, it's very like uh, that that level of just like man, mm-hmm. fucking a. Yeah. Man fucking A. That's, 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 that's what I got, man. Dark Souls. <laughs> We've been um, recording for a while, um, but I yeah, think that it, in terms of people that we have somehow managed to trick into our orbit, um, we have managed to trick both uh, Elizria Wall and Lobos to infinitely, infinitely oh, yeah. patient people um, who have revealed so much about these games to us. Yeah, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that more during the next episode, Yeah, um, I think, uh, when we get to the end. So people who are expecting the the... The, the sappy goodbye, that's not happening now, that's happening next week. Right, right. Uh, so look forward to it. Um, as of now, it's like 100 degrees in my apartment, and I have to wrap this episode up so I can do a water break. Yeah. Um, it is hot. Um, so I think, I mean, do we have, John, do you have anything left that you want to say about Dark Souls 1? Um, we're going to talk about kind of discussion prompts during the next episode. Uh, next sure, episode. sure. Not, nothing other than to say you guys were talking about the, the interconnected community. I think one thing that really separates this game um, from Demon Souls is because it became a mainstream game, um, it, you had the opportunity to have a bigger community and, and more people. And then the fact that, you know, you become more publicly aware everyone's talking about this game. I mean, it became a huge, you couldn't listen to a game podcast with, for years without, and not just <laughs> yours, I mean, other ones with people all across the board comparing every game to this game. I mean, it just had so much influence and really still started happens. so much on yeah. and still having huge influence. And to be playing the game and seeing, you know, real people, just a glimpse of them or a shadow of them basically in the game really gave you that additional feeling of like you're part of a movement right now. Yeah. And um, if yeah, not it was a movement, great. then a moment. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wonder, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Like by, you know, doing this revisit, like confirmed to be my favorite in the series and, and definitely like, you know, in my top five games ever, like very close to my heart. Yes. Yeah, uh, this is. Yeah. Um, you know, yes. and I, I can't separate it from that firstness. I can't separate it from bonfire side chat, but why should I have to? Yeah. There's no governing body. Like right. I can, you know, it's okay for me to feel things. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> so I, I, I really love it. Um, John can, you know, thank you again, uh, for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. This. No, I really um, appreciate the opportunity guys. This has been great. Do you, uh, do you want people to follow you on Twitter or do you have anything that you would like to plug? Uh, I, I have, um, unless you want to see uh, pictures of my kids, I don't have too much exciting online. <laughs> if you if you want to say hi to me on uh, Twitter, I'm JDHURST. That's JD Hurst. JDHURST. I'm around if you want to say hi, but I do not have a huge internet presence. Um, not everyone does. It is quite all right. I want to give the opportunity, though. I, was, yeah, I want to make course. sure that, uh, you know, uh, you could. And if people like us, uh, the thing that, you know, next episode we're coming back and that's going to be uh, the actual last bonfire side chat. Um, but we're still around. Yeah. Like yeah. was something, you know, I was talking to Nicole, it felt like <laughs> anything's actually ending. Like no, we don't no. die at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, and what I said to Gary was like, it's a bigger change out there than it is in here. Like for the two of us, yeah. we have been resolved to do this for a very long time now for eight months, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this feels like a bigger change for everybody else. But like, yeah, like we are, it's not like we're starting something new. We're going back to and doubling down on something we've already been doing. So if you're listening to this and you don't, I mean, like uh, there are so many people who for, for, for whom this is just preaching to the choir. They already know about this. We do other shows. Um, and if you're looking for something that is like this, watch out for fireballs is the one I would recommend you go to. Yeah. And I can testify to that fact. I've, I, you, this was the entry point for, for me being introduced to you guys, but I have now become a huge fan of all of your shows. Obviously, Watch Out for Fireballs is central, the level, um, 
There's so many good things. Abject Suffering. There's so many good shows on this network. Everyone, if you haven't given an opportunity, now's your chance. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we try to do good work. Yeah. The, um, you know, and just so, so you know, like it's not, uh, it's still us. It's, we're not going away. These episodes aren't going away. And if something happens and from puts out, you know, deep souls or whatever, um, we'll cover that on watch out for fireballs. It won't be as in depth, but we'll put a good four episodes into it. Yeah. Like it will be, you know, 12 hours or something like that. It will be an event. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll be, it'll be significant. So, uh, you don't have to worry about us not talking about souls games. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. this is not actually the end, it's too important it's, and we are too far down this road. <laughs> yeah. And we, we want yeah. to, we're not doing that as a, as an obligation. Like I would, I, I'm a new one of these comes out, like taking this break, uh, from covering new ones on the regular schedule mm-hmm. has been really refreshing. Yes. Like these revisit episodes have been very fun. It has been very fun to revisit these, these old games I love. And like they put out something like I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, I'm happy to cover it on watch out fireballs. I hope people who are listening to this will join us. Please. Yeah. Uh, there. And, and if you, and if somebody's listening and they're saying, well, how do you get into that? I'll give them the advice I gave my brother. Um, when he started listening to this, think of your five favorite games all time. Go look at the watch out for fireballs list. Find what matches up, and that's the perfect entry point. You know, it's 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 such an easy thing to do, and just go out there and give it a shot. Yeah, unless one of those five favorite games of all time is Soul Reaver, Sword of Mana, uh, Indigo Prophecy. Prime. What's that? Metroid Prime. Oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yes. So certain favorites you won't, like we don't like, but the, even the, um, even the games you don't like, it's fun to listen to you guys talk about how you don't like them. I, I can say that officially as a person who. I've suggested a Sierra game for Watch Out for Fireballs, which you guys made an abject suffering. Oh, no. I... <laughs> which one was that? What did we do? Which one it was, was that? I like Sierra Kings games. Oh, no, the, the NES, NES Kings Quest. Quest. No, I never yeah. played the NES version. I yeah, suggested uh, Fallout 3, which you guys hated. And I suggested for abject suffering Goonies, which you guys poured sugar on. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, we give and we take. You don't have to agree to like the show. <laughs> yeah. Hate is a strong word for my my very complicated feelings on Fallout Three, but the um, it's, uh, just just to clarify, like I have very complicated feelings on that, that yeah. entry in this but in my second point, favorite video game series. Of all you time. don't have to, even if it's something you you they you know you guys disagree with certain parts of the game. You're going to learn things about the game you never knew, and it's going to be highly entertaining. Oh well, I appreciate well, you. Thank you. Yeah, saying that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we'd love it if you check it out. The other, what else can they do, Paul? Um, if you want to support, um, well, I mean, the, the show's ending, but, um, a way to get extra content, if that is a thing that you're into, um, not just extra abject suffering, which you may not listen to and may not see the appeal of, um, we have like special shows we do either about the shows themselves, duck tracks or, um, uh, the, uh, adaptation decay where we talk about, uh, video game movies and books and stuff like that. Um, all of those mm-hmm. can be accessed by going to, uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. You know, this makes a huge difference uh, for both Gary and myself um, mm-hmm. in our own lives, being able to dedicate the time that we that we need and want to in order to make this show and the other shows um, the way that we want to. Yeah, And we want to keep doing that. Like we want to uh, to crush it. Yes. So to speak. So even if it is something where like you only like Dark Souls after Bonfire Side Chat ends, you're off the train. You can, you know, I wouldn't. uh chide anybody for it. it's like you know what i really like those shows i got a lot of entertainment out of that that's worth 12 dollars a year to me mm-hmm. you know a buck a month yeah. so like if you if you decide that we would we would really appreciate it yeah um so um i think that's probably about it i think so yeah um, i would yeah. encourage people listen to the next episode i know that not everybody listens to the appendices or the after darks 
um, it is going to be more than just um, yeah, it's, it's the last episode of the show. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you should, you should. I mean, I, I hopefully people have been listening to the After Darks because they're, you know, it's not just thoughts about the area, right? Um, but the um, yeah, it, it is the last episode of the show, so yeah, that is uh, that's got to be worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So until next time, what should they do, Cole? Uh, don't get yourself killed. Neither of us wants to see you go hollow. Don't you be going hollow. <laughs> Neither of us. <laughs> Umbasa. Oh, wait, no, awesome. we can do this. We can do it. Praise the sun. Oh, yeah. Let's indulge. <laughs> We're so bad, aren't we? Yeah. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. Let us unite in banishing fear. Together, we cannot fail. <laughs>